Welcome to a special edition of Axe of the Blood God and Independent RPG Podcast. I'm your host, Cap Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Eric Van Allen. Oh, I get to go first this time. This, this is I haven't mutiny. done this in a while. This is mutiny. This is exciting. Hello. Hi. <laughs> also joining me is Nadia Oxford. Hi, I was going to go ahead and say we're doing a very special episode today about like why you should do lots of drugs, but I see now why you named Eric first, because he knows it's going to be up to no good. Mm-hmm. I'm shunning mm-hmm. you, Nadia. I'm shunning You're you based chaos. on your list. This is how it's... Oh, is that what this is about? That's okay. how it's going. I see. Okay. We're going to be beefing in this episode. It's going to be personal, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this week we are going to be doing our top 25 RPG remake, the long-awaited top 25 RPG remake. We've been, over the past few months, slowly but surely gathering nominees from our hosts, building a list as we prepare to completely revamp the top 25 RPGs of all time. And now we have all those lists, we've made our personal lists, and we're going to argue about which ones should go on that list in which order. Uh, We're going to war, folks. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. So blood mm-hmm. God Civil War, the battle in an anime. This would be the moment where the heroes are all facing off against one another. Mm-hmm. This, is this, is the tournament arc. this is the tournament arc. <laughs> Before we get to that, uh, this episode is exclusive to our $5 patrons initially, but we'll be releasing it a little bit later to the free feed. If you've been supporting the podcast on the Patreon, thank you so much. We Really appreciate all of your support. Go check out the rest of our exclusive content. Uh, We've got the Summer of Gundam coming out next month, and we're going to be looking forward to that. Plus, of course, there's the Pantheon of the Blood God and lots more. And if you enjoy the podcast, we, of course, would appreciate it if you would go and leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. It brightens your day, and it helps the visibility of the podcast. Okay. So, as I already said, we're remaking the top 25 RPGs of all time list, which we originally did in, I believe, 2017 or 2018, Nadia, thereabouts. It was, yeah, gosh, it was a while back. Uh, So, we were way overdue for an update, that's for sure. Yeah, I remember that we wrapped up, uh, I want to say that we wrapped up the top 25 RPGs of all time right around the time that we went to PAX East that one year and sat in the closet for episode 200. Yeah, the, the closet episode <laughs> was definitely about Chrono Trigger, which was our number one. Yeah, that was a great time. And that was that when was we fun. all wrapped it up. And that's when we kicked off the console RPG quest, or I, I even want to say I ideated the console RPG quest right on the spot. And then that became a, another beloved segment. But yes, it's been a few years. A bunch of great RPGs have come out since then. It's time to update the list. Also, we've got Eric here, and Eric has mm-hmm. a lot of experience too. He's going to throw his so. uh, cause problems. His his Ots PC game wrench into the list right over here. <laughs> oh, you already looked at my top five. That's no, not I just fair. know. <laughs> I just know. So here's how it's going to work. We have all made our individual lists. We are going to share those individual lists. Any games that are on all three lists, they're already on the top twenty-five. They've made it. They're in. Everything else, if it gets nominated on one of the lists, it's in the it's in the discussion. It's in the running. It survives the initial cutdown. Then the rest of the games, uh, we can toss in a quick wild card, but otherwise they are in danger of being removed from consideration. And after that, we will embrace debate 
and argue for a while about what the final list should be, should look like. Our lists are pretty different. So I think it's going to be uh, kind of brutal, kind of bloody. The Blood God will be very pleased, I think, with this particular episode. The Blood God always demands a top of a blood. Yep. He uh, is demanding sacrifice, he or she, who knows. And of course, we'll finish up by ranking him. All right. So let's get started. Let's share our top 25 RPG lists. And Eric, we'll start with you. Uh, do I just run it down 25 to 1? Do, do we just yeah, just do run it down thing? really quickly. So some of these, uh, I'll, I'll just say ahead of time, uh, I my personal criteria was basically a mixture of games that meant a lot to me personally, games that I think stood out generationally uh, and, and left marks on the industry. Uh, games that even if I haven't played, I think I can point to and say like, this is clearly a hallmark of uh, RPG dumb. And also I, you know, I tried to include a little bit of, as I said, personal flavor, but also like personal flavor in a way that feels like I I'm, I am marking things that are, important in in the industry and i say that because i started 25 with final fantasy 10 (laughs) (laughs) which is a hallmark game and we'll get to that but uh running down the list from 25 on down we got final fantasy 10 uh fire emblem three houses persona 5 royal uh paper mario and the thousand year door persona 3 star wars knights of the old republic dragon quest 11 mother 3 shimigami tensei devil survivor uh, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Dark Souls, Chrono Trigger, Mass Effect 2, which was surprisingly low on my list, even now looking at it. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, Near Automata, Valkyrie Profile, which was surprisingly high on my list, I think because of the recent Pantheon. Uh, it into Final Fantasy 6, Disco Elysium, and then my top five from five down to one was Pokemon Gold and Silver, and I'll also say Crystal, I think just general second gen pokemon gen 2 um final fantasy 14 which i've obviously become a full sicko for uh fallout new vegas and vampire the masquerade bloodlines which should surprise nobody and at number one it's it's the game that i often say is one of the only hundreds out of a hundreds i would give it is an immaculate rpg it is one that i cannot see us not putting on this list it's undertale so uh that is my top 25 fascinating list and it's not like I look at your picks, Eric, and I'm kind of like, yeah, like these are all these are all bangers. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, a lot of amazing games. A lot of Japanese games, actually. I was expecting you to lean more Western with your list. There are a few blind spots that I went into about this knowing that I tried to shore up. Uh, I spent a little bit of time trying to get into Arcanum, uh, which is one of the more obscure CRPGs that that could have potentially made this list. But I don't think I, I got enough out of it to really feel like I could nominate it or put it forward. Uh, I've, I've said my piece on why I think Fallout New Vegas is better than just about all the other Fallout games with maybe the exception of the original Fallout uh, games. And I really think if we're going to have a Fallout representative on this list, it's going to be Fallout New Vegas. And uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, Dragon Age Origins were two games that literally just barely missed the cut. Like I'm, I'm talking like 26, 27 missed the cut. Uh, and are definitely ones I could see as wild cards. But uh, I felt pretty good about this list overall. I felt like it covered the breadth of stuff that I enjoy, as well as things that I feel are representative of series without necessarily being the 
the the gimmies, the shoe ins, you know, like like my only Dragon Quest is Dragon Quest 11, because I genuinely think that that is a hallmark of that series. It's also one of like the three games in that series I've played. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoiler alert, I would put Dragon Quest three on there, except I kind of want to put it on there after the new one comes out. The two point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. That crossed my yeah. mind. So it's a little bit early, though. The SNES version of DQ3 is also still very, very good. Uh, it's hard, it is. honestly. But when I was building my own list, I kind of went with I, I tried to be balanced as much as I could with uh, Western and Eastern. I when I was looking at my list, I was thinking about the previous top 25 list. And I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of the original picks were kind of hipster picks. And I wanted to be unconventional with a lot of my picks. But, you know, so many of them, I'm like, could I recommend this to anybody? Uh, I actually went on Twitter and I was like, Fallout, in your opinion, still like enjoyable to play in the current era. And there was a fair amount of debate. And a lot of people were like, no, actually, the original Fallout, pretty rough. And I, I don't want to be too judgy on RPGs that are very old or very rough, but I kind of mm-hmm. want, you know, this top 25 list to be 25 games that I can recommend without reservation, right? And, you know, the older you get into certain PC RPGs, it just becomes really, really difficult. And so what I ended up doing was going, okay, I want an RPG that's historically important relevant to the modern era as in people are still thinking about it and still talking about it to this day as that's something special about it in, in short it's very similar to the the pantheon criteria it basically is the pantheon criteria but this is what i ended up coming up with with my personal list number 25 was vampire the masquerade bloodlines and then continuing on uh, kotor number 23 valkyrie profile which actually was a harder one than you think for me to get on there like i added that on like last because I was like, I have one more slot. I was kind of going back and forth on it. Finally, I went with Valkyrie profile Pokemon crystal specifically. Cause I can't really recommend gold and silver when crystal exists. Divinity, original sin Two, the elder scrolls, Skyrim, final fantasy tactics, FF seven remake, DQ 11, DQ five, Diablo two, Baldur's gate two, earthbound mass effect two, final fantasy 14. Yes. Persona five, Royal Suikoden two undertale, Elden Ring, Planescape Torment, and my top five, Witcher 3, Final Fantasy VI, Disco Elysium, Chrono Trigger, and at number one, Fallout New Vegas. Yes, that is my number one pick for my list. And we can dig into why I put it there for various reasons. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm I'm more surprised, and, and not to, to spoiler this, but the, the Elden Ring love in here really surprised me. Even Why? as someone who just finished that game. Uh, I think it's completely justified. I mean, it's certainly not a perfect game, but even for its flaws, it's just uh, probably ensnared me like no other game has in a long time. I think part of me is just really concerned about this being recency bias and and being this like brand new thing that we've all like really dug a lot of time into. But I wonder if it's going to stand the five year, 10 year test of time, the way that something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls has. I'm not saying that I suspect it won't. I'm just it it does make me curious every time we have a game like this that uh 
blows up in a significant way. And so it makes trying to judge something that has just come out. I was thinking the same things around around Nier Automata, around uh, Disco Elysium, around a lot of games that came out recently that are now candidates for the list and, and questioning, you know, how many of them are really standing the test of time right now? I mean, some games you just know, right? I mean, exactly. I remember when we made our top 25 list of the best Zelda games of all time, and we put Breath of the Wild up at like number two. And I think this was like 2018 or thereabouts. It was pretty new. And there were some questions about whether or not that was recency bias. And what we saw was that, no, it definitely wasn't recency bias. If anything, Breath of the Wild has climbed in esteem um, over time. And it is apparent to me that Elden Ring is going to have staying power. It has a community. I don't see many games where people are still talking about it actively three months after its original release. Yeah, uh, the community still has coalesced around this game in, yeah. a, in a fascinating way. And it's so huge and there's so much to find. It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous thing. And we're going to get DLC later in the year and that's going to get it going yes. again. Um, we could talk about this more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just think it's the, the defining Souls game at this point. Nadia, what about you? Uh, well, I used a lot of your similar kind of material there, Kat, who to induct my own uh, tw- top 25. Uh, is it special? Can I recommend it? And I know you're probably still going to think some of my picks are like completely off the wall, but uh, I guess it's just who I am and I can't help that. Uh, I already told my mother that 40 years ago. Okay, so... Starting from 25, Final Fantasy V, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, NetHack, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, World of Warcraft, 13 Sentinels, Fantasy Star 4, Mother 3, Dragon Quest Builders 2, Earthbound, Mass Effect, Pokemon Gold and Silver, Fallout New Vegas, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, The Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Stardew Valley, Persona 5 Royal, Dragon Quest V, Fallout, Undertale, uh, Suikoden 2, Final Fantasy 6, Elden Ring, Final Fantasy 14, and number one, Chrono Trigger. Still there. Still my number one. Three Mario RPGs. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I should actually go ahead and change my Pokemon Gold and Silver to Crystal as well, because I think you're you're onto something there. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this a little bit before Pod, but that's like the way I'm leaning right now is that Gold, Silver, Crystal, it's all essentially the same to me. And yeah. when I nominate that, I'm nominating like the second generation of Pokemon. So, And you both also like, had a point with uh, Fallout being like, okay, it's not a... I already have Fallout New Vegas on there. I wonder if I need both, but I guess it's too late to, to you, you play it. that You now. locked it. You're there. Okay. Time to die. That actually brings me to a question that I was going to ask, uh-huh. which is, okay, when we made this a list originally, there were three Mass Effect games. Now there's oh, yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition that has right. all three games on it. And I think people more than ever think of these games as a single unit, as a trilogy <laughs> that you just play through. What so I ask, do we just put Mass Effect Legendary Edition on here? Boy, I don't know. I uh, I brought this. So I wanted to seek guidance. And so I turned to my podcast co-host, Norm DFM's Kenneth Shepard and found that we were both vehemently on opposite sides of this question because i was very much you gotta keep them separated and then and then he was very much legendary edition exists it's Mm. one thing now um i think after talking to him i have 
waned a little bit. I have I have waxed. I have done the thing that the moon does, turning in the sky. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that and, thing it does. Yeah, and I feel like I might be okay with a legendary edition entry if we view the whole series for it. Mm-hmm. And so that means that we can't just point at like Mass Effect because I think Mass Effect Two has its own strengths and faults. I think Mass Effect 3 has its own strengths and faults. Mass Effect 1, same thing. And so, like, if we're going to condense them, that means now reassessing them in terms of containing all of those games in a single entry and not just the highest of of one. Like, Mass Effect 2, also 3 and 1. So I think that is the one challenge there and might even cause mass effect to maybe be on maybe not a teetering edge off the list but definitely like maybe not as rock solid at the top of the list like it could be theoretically i learned a lot of things since i originally made this list when i originally made this list i was like the original mass effect it stands the best on its own compared to mass effect 2 and 3 has a banger of a story introduces the entire crew but watching everybody play through Mass Effect Legendary Edition, even though they improved Mass Effect 1 a fair amount, in my opinion, a lot of people felt like the games just didn't pick up properly until Mass Effect 2. And I'll admit, I became a Mass Effect fan when I played 2. That was Mm -hmm. the one that got me into it. And we could sit here and argue forever about its virtues as an RPG, because, of course, that's when the series also became much more of a shooter than Mm -hmm. a classical RPG like the OG Mass Effect 1. but And in that case, Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 all have a a very different character to them. So you could almost say it's a little bit like Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Yes, they all tell Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the one story, and we think of them as a unit, but everybody's like, no, I'm a Star Wars person. I'm an Empire person, right? And that might Mm. be the similar kind of case. Right. Yeah, that was the thing I posed was that, okay, if you ask somebody what their favorite Bioware RPG is, they might genuinely say Mass Effect Legendary Edition, but then you're just going to ask them, okay, but what's your favorite Mass Effect? And then they're going to answer with the thing that they really love. And so I I am on board with a Legendary Edition entry, but we've got to preface it with all that because then suddenly we are looking at, well, Mass Effect 1 doesn't hold up like it used to. Mass Effect 2 is real bad in terms of romance for if you're not a straight white dude (laughs) if you're not a straight dude i should say and then mass effect 3 has the notorious problems that have always been talked about some of them invalid but some of them very valid including problems with carrying choices over so uh i i do think that i'm open to the idea but it's uh it it does suddenly add a lot of baggage onto mass effect maintaining a place on the list and fighting for a spot on the list. I think mass effect legendary edition should be the one that goes on this list because the mass effect trilogy as a whole is such a monumental accomplishment in RPG fandom. And there's been virtually nothing like it. I, I can't think of a lot of games that have ever come out that are in the same category as the Mass Effect trilogy. And what we've learned with the release of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which, if anything, elevated the entire trilogy, is that it holds up. People, like, you go back to them, even Mass Effect 3, which was very controversial at the time, has risen in the esteem, I think, of a lot of people. And given, you know, some distance from the emotions at the time, Mm, a lot of people went, especially with the DLC and the director's cut, a lot of people went, okay, 
yeah, I'm okay with Mass Effect 3 now. So, um, yeah, I, I would be inclined to put Legendary Edition as um, as its own entry. I, w- I would be inclined to do the same thing. Just uh, even as someone who is not nearly as Mass Effect literate as you guys, I know what the series represents and why it represents that, like across three different games. Like, you're right, Kat, in saying that they just kind of feel like three separate experiences that, that form a cohesive whole, but they're still quite separate from each other. Are you okay with that, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. To be clear, I, I freaking love Mass Effect. I talked about it for an entire year on a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just want to make sure that this isn't me going like, aha, <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary Edition, let's go. That it does. I mean, I was the one who proposed of, it. <laughs> it. It does carry a lot of the, the additional baggage that I would have with any other um, mm-hmm. criticisms that I would want to voice with any other Mass Effect that could potentially be on the list. And I, I, I do think did it such is... a good job too with Legendary Edition that you kind of oh, have to recognize yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, Ellie is, is I think if, I, I used to say if you're going to buy like a $60 video game and and get like the most content out of it and have a really good time with it, like Mass Effect Legendary Edition is an insanely good package. And I think a lot of people even just the clamoring for it to be on the switch <laughs> shows enough of the fervor. So, yeah. Well, we have a handful of games that are now officially on the top 25 RPG list. And they include final fantasy 14, Undertale, Persona 5 Royal, Fallout New Vegas, Suicoden 2, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Which uh, I think that's a pretty great list to start with, yeah, right? That's, that's, that is. that's a good base. That's a good starter. Right I there. just love how Persona 4, uh, sorry, Persona 5 came running up behind 4 and pushed it out of the way after all that <laughs> just debate crow we had. Just yeah. yeah. Persona oh, 5 is okay. doing the Phantom Thief thing going, you know. <laughs> Royal kind of made it an easy choice uh, for yeah. uh, 5 over 4 in this case. We didn't it's have boy. Royal. We had yeah, a whole episode back in the day where we argued the merits of Persona 4 versus Persona 5. And by the slimmest of margins, we ended yeah. up going with 4. And I'm not going to lie. I still have a lot of feelings about Persona 4 Golden. I still love that game. I, I think it's an incredible RPG. Absolutely. What I've kind of come down to is Persona 4 Golden had the best setting. I I love Inaba and I love Yukiko and Chie like as, yeah, a, group, cute. as a pairing. And I love the kind of Scooby-Doo figuring out, but except they're capturing a serial killer kind of situation. And But there's also a lot of stuff that has not aged well and the actual format of the dungeons and everything um, – don't do a lot for me and yeah when i look yeah. at persona 3 and persona 5 i'm like well i mean i kind of see two better rpgs here i have to admit the thing that pulled me in with five over four especially royal is just being able to implement demons and the arcana so much more in five than you do in four like that's the uh negotiation with demons while it's not quite as difficult as it can be in uh nocturne it's still enough of a challenge that keeps you like kind of interested in what's going on. And demons all look so cool in five. Anyway, of course you're going to recruit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think for five, like it really is just a case of it did a lot of what persona four already did, but way better. 
and kind of yeah in in a lot of like I, I personally i do like people on the cast of four but especially the entire cast if i'm looking at a whole cast it's actually probably persona three for me but then for social links persona five with you know without a question i think persona five has the best social links in general and it's definitely I, I think the style is what really does it. And not just like Persona 4 has style, Persona 3 has style, but Persona 5 style melding in with the heist, melding in with the dungeons, melding like it all just feels like everything is connected better together. Like you're not just playing this game and being like, oh, we're doing Scooby-Doo in a rural Japanese town. But then there's <laughs> yeah. all this like jazz music and stuff popping off and it feels like a little bit extra like five starts extra and then keeps turning the knob. And I feel like they just were very in their element. Oh God, just game. look at that. Like when you go through the menu screens, I just mm-hmm. have, there's like an illustration that tells a kind of a story alongside it. It's ridiculous. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about that game is just persona fine tuned over the course of, of two previous games and it shows and, and Royal, especially I think, I think if this was base Persona 5, there might be some arguments, but I think Royal there has was. definitely smoothed out a lot of the issues people had and added a lot more that people were really big about, like the extra semester and the extra stuff with the catchy and the the new characters that were introduced. I think there's just so much there. It, it yeah. absolutely earns a place on the list. Now, where on the list, I think, is also a valid question because I don't know if I'd put it too high on the list, but we're not at that part yet. So guess we'll find out, won't we? So we now know what games will be on the list, but these are the games that did not make it to any of our lists. It's actually a fairly long list. I'll try to go through it really quickly. SMT3 Nocturne and SMT5, Dragon Age Inquisition, Grandia, Bloodborne, Fantasy Star Online, Xenogears, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, Live Alive, Ultima 4. There's a, it's actually a pretty long list. I'm not going to go through the entire thing. Of the original top 25 RPGs that did not make the list, Divinity Original Sin, which we've got a Divinity Original Sin 2, Deus Ex, The Elder Scrolls, Morrowind, Persona 4 Golden, and Ultima 7. This is the part where we all pick a wild card. So these are the games that we can be like, okay, we're saving it from oblivion and we're keeping it in the running past the initial cutdown. So I want to know what everybody's pick is. I will go first. This is my pick. My pick is Trails in the Sky FC plus SC, which I think deserves to continue to be in the consideration. It is a beloved RPG, has one of the best stories. It has some of the most memorable characters. It ties in so dramatically with Trails of Cold Steel. And I wish that it were on more modern consoles because it's somewhat hard to get to unless you're playing on a PC these days because increasingly, you know, uh, you know, PS3 and PS Vita are receding in our, our personal memories. But I think that we need to at least continue to consider Trails in the Sky FC plus SC for our list. That's my wild card pick. How about you, Eric? This is this is heart-wrenching because there are multiple on here that i think i would have looked at um i purposely took deus ex off my list because while i feel it is an absolutely phenomenal game it is more of an immersive sim than an rpg i think it falls too much on that side of things i don't know that i would specifically say it's rpg qualities or what merit inclusion on a list and so that's not getting on there and there are a few others in here that 
really break my heart to not pick, but I think I have to go with Dragon Age. Oh, God, this hurts. Uh, mm, uh, oh, Origins, Dragon Age Origins. Just a hair. Oh, man, just over Inquisition by that much. And I think I personally like Inquisition a little bit more, but I think what Origins does is more interesting and more crucial to the history of RPGs. I still think it's an RPG that nails created character origin stories better than any modern RPG does. The, the way that you have all those different openings and they tie in throughout the rest of the game are really, really cool is incredibly replayable because of it. There's so much content with awakening and all the DLC and it's just a, it's got good characters. It's got good. So I almost called them social links. It's got good <laughs> companions. It's got good storylines. There's so much there. And I think it really does. You know, people are always like, Oh, I want a game of Thrones RPG. That's your game of Thrones RPG. It's, I mean, it is pretty much game of Thrones story wise. So it's, uh, it's one that we got to at least keep talking about. So that is my selection is dragon age origins. Oh, that one hurts. There's some other ones on here. That, oh. Yeah. There's some good ones in there that are oh. tough to leave off. Mm. Nadia. Shout outs to Tokyo Mirage sessions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of had to take that one off too. I'm not going to save it, but um, it hurt me to cut Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. I put it over. I actually put five over. Like I was really kind of debating with myself for a while there because at the end of the day, five is the reason we play Final Fantasy XIV because that is the job system. That is like the bones of Final Fantasy, at least the job-based Final Fantasy games. Four is more of an example of where storytelling went in the Final Fantasy series. But at the end of the day, Final Fantasy IV's story improves slightly over Final Fantasy II's story, whereas Final Fantasy V's battle system improves enormously over Final Fantasy III's battle system and became, as I said, the bones of Final Fantasy. So, I yeah, Final Fantasy IV is still in my heart. Is that your pick for the wild card? What's your wild yeah. card? Oh, oh you, good pick. Final Fantasy IV. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to like leave it off and I'm like going, wait a minute, but Final Fantasy IV is better than Final Fantasy V. Oh, no. No, um, that's I gave the reason why and I, I don't know. Like I said, I had to struggle a bit on that one. There's one game on this wild card list that I desperately want to add right now and it's The World Ends With You. Yeah. Which right. I'm yeah. like yeah. sitting yeah. here staring at it going, oh, no. Why? It's really tough. My precious it's such an incredible game. And I think the reason it missed my list again, despite being a game that I'd love is it is very difficult to play in its intended format. And a lot of the ways that have been made to play it modernly are not up to snuff or not the way you would want to experience. They're just the best measures we have available because this game can really only work with, with dual screens and, Interestingly enough, I talked to somebody who recently played The World Ends With You and Neo The World Ends With You. And when they played the first one, they didn't like it very much because they played it on the Switch and they were like, it just didn't hit. And so I do wonder if World Ends With You is a time and place thing where at the time it really hit and it was this huge thing. But maybe it doesn't have, you know, maybe it just hit for the people it hit for at a certain time and it doesn't have that staying power. It's it's that moment when Grandpa Simpson is is like, we used to listen to old music. Your music is bad. My music was better. <laughs> I used to be with it. And then they changed what it was. They changed was. what it was, yeah. <laughs> Looking at some of the other games, Ultima 7. That was a tough one. 
But the thing with Ultima is, of course, it is so important. Massively important. Yeah. We also had Ultima 4 as a nominee. I was thinking Ultima 4 as well, yeah. But Ultima as a series, for as influential and important as they are, they have faded from the collective memory. And a lot of that is to, due to EA. I was going to say, whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw know. you, mm-hmm. EA. And so as a consequence, it's hard for me to go, you know what you should play? Ultima 7. Exactly. A game that it's so hard to go back and be like, yes, you should definitely play this. Um, I'm going to also pour one out for both SMT3 and SMT5. I think we're going to get mm-hmm. some uh, mm-hmm. some yeah. crap for not having an SMT on our final list. I'm sorry. Oh, hey, don't speak too soon. Devil Survivor's still in the running, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Strange Strange Journey, you put, or did you take that I off? Did not, I did not put Strange Journey on. No, I think Nadia took it off. Yeah. Oh, Devil Survivor is the only survivor, as it was foretold. <laughs> <laughs> it's right um, there in the title. I didn't include Bloodborne because, um, you know, some of Nadia's criticism did get through to me. It's so action focused. Um, yeah. I still think that it falls enough in the RPG category. But for me, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Elden Ring. That's the one I want to go, no go to back to. Yeah. And we could talk about this a little bit more, but Elden Ring has kind of rendered Dark Souls even obsolete in my memory. So oh, we'll, we'll oh, oh, oh we just lost. We'll have that discussion. We just lost 500 subscribers. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. There's a um, very substantial game I want to bring up. Final Fantasy VII did not make this cut. We did go and we polled all of our listeners and said, hey, pick your top five. Which one should be on this list? All the listeners. Okay. <laughs> and here are the top five that they picked. Number one with 54 votes was Final Fantasy Tactics. That's mm-hmm. already a, been nominated. That's going to be there. Number two, Disco Elysium, 51 votes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number three, Final Fantasy 14 with 43 votes. And number four with 40 votes, Final Fantasy VII. So, folks, our listeners have rescued Final Fantasy VII from Oblivion. All right. And put it back into the wildcard list. What was number what was number five to Dragon Quest eleven the... with forty votes. Okay. So yeah, that's that's and then everything that. else was kind of like very small mixture of votes for the most part. Uh everybody else was focusing on those five. Yeah. To be clear, seven and not seven remake, right? Final it's Fantasy like Seven. OG Final I, Fantasy We've VII. decided that Final Fantasy VII and Seven Remake are different things, and right, I'm okay right. with that because Remake yeah. is like a sequel in a lot of ways. Yes. It kind so, of is. Yes. Supplementary, yeah. at least. Sequel, prequel. Yep. Dementors. Uh, just a handful of others that I want to pour one out for really quickly. Yakuza Like a Dragon? Yeah, that one I knew wasn't getting on. I was kind of sad about that. The sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon will be on this list. <laughs> it needs that game, too. It, it needs some refinement, some improvement. I think the job system could get tuned up. I think the movement stuff is a little wonky. I think some of the story beats were not all there, but it gets that extra twist of the wrench. And this is a top 25 contender. So there's a lot of games on here that they're all great. Like there's so many bangers on this list mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's so hard to pare down a list to just 25. So a lot of games like RIP Xenogears. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna make that it. one wasn't long for this world. Indeed. And Shout now to Act Razor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> forever, Act Razor, forever. 
But we have our wild cards, Trails in the Sky, FC plus SC, Dragon Age Origins, Final Fantasy IV, and Final Fantasy VII. We've got a lot of Final Fantasies. I hope we don't have too many Final Fantasies on this list. Why don't oh we gosh. just do a list of ranking the Final Fantasies? We're so biased. Oh, my gosh. easiest way for us to embrace debate and decide what else should go on this is just to start with the games that are on two of the lists rather than uh, all three. It's a lot of like crossover between either me and Eric or me and Nadia. Yeah, we, <laughs> which is kind of weird. We mind meld. Yeah, not a lot of Nadia, Eric. Disco Elysium, me and Eric. <laughs> this is uh, we're Earthbound, building the Venn diagram I'm surprised right that now. one didn't make your list, Eric, actually. Uh, Pokemon Gen 2, me and Nadia, and Dragon Quest Eleven, me and Eric. And I'm just going to start with Earthbound, which I think has to be on the list. Like, I, I think it just... Yeah, Eric, you're shaking your head. It has to Really? I, I ain't letting it on that easy. It doesn't get to walk in for free. It's... I think Mother 3 is a more interesting version of Earthbound. I think Mother 3 does cooler things i think the story of mother 3 is absolutely incredible i think some of the gameplay stuff in mother 3 is really cool i think earthbound was just kind of an introduction to that for a lot of people in the west especially and it it became the standard bearer because mother 3 is just not widely available here but i do think the mother 3 does a lot i of really feel like they're like i have both games on there for a reason and whereas i think earthbound is maybe a little harder to get into until you get paula into your party I, I feel like it's story. There's something more uh, genuine about it. Like I, I adore Mother Three Story. Don't get me wrong, but it's very much in your face. Whereas Earthbound has a much subtler message about the cowardice of adults and the hope of children. And hey, guess what? Now you're playing Stephen King's It. It's just I don't know. It really blew me away when I played it, especially like what I was going through at the time, which was a lot of weird death stuff going on in my life and. It just really stuck with me. The atmosphere, especially like the first time you go to Threed and it's just like a zombie town and it's actually kind of terrifying in a weird like Charlie Brown, Stephen King, Crayola kind of way. And like you kind of go liberating like town to town and there's a cult that you infiltrate. And it's again, it's kind of terrifying because you have all these adults who want to sacrifice this child. And yeah, there was just... Something about Earthbound's tone is completely unmatched. And whereas Mother 3 absolutely absolutely does have the better um, the better battle system and, you know, maybe some of the more memorable characters, I just feel like Earthbound is so different from it that I can't sit here and play and say, like, hey, Mother 3 is an improved version of Earthbound. It doesn't work like that to me. Kat, how are you feeling about Earthbound versus Mother 3? I, I feel like having both of them on this list is a bit much because not to like be simplistic, but undertale also falls heavily under this sort of like surreal RPG genre uh, in the same way that Omori and a lot of other games do. And and obviously they all draw heavy inspiration from them, but uh, I feel like having earthbound and mother three on the list is a lot be the same as like stacking a bunch of final fantasies on. So how do you feel about earthbound versus mother three? It launched a thousand indie RPGs. It was extremely innovative for its time. Still holds up. People still care about it. 
still very relevant, fascinating world, fascinating story, uh, as Nadia was kind of alluding to. It has that kind of horror vibe to it, the cosmic horror, but wrapped yeah. up in sort of the cuteness. There's, there's a real it kind of vibe mm. going on there. There's not a lot of games like Earthbound. Many have tried to imitate it. Uh, few have mm. succeeded. And I think Mother 3 in some ways, while very good, also in some ways gets by on its reputation because so few people here in North America have actually played it because it's not ever been available outside the fan translation, whereas Earthbound is at least available in a lot of things. And when people think of this series, mm-hmm. I don't think they think of Mother 3. They think of wanting Mother 3. I think yeah, they think of Earthbound. They think of Ness and everybody. And so that's why I would mm. lean toward Earthbound over Mother 3, personally. I think that's a fair argument. Uh, just in defense of Mother 3, I think why it hits personally for me is that I think it's family like dynamic is really impressive the way that it builds up this family and then kind of breaks it down and makes that the crux of the story is is really cool and and absolutely i agree with all that you said about earthbound inspiring a legion of indies but i think a lot of indies we see today feel just as reflective of mother three in that respect that they are analyzing very intimate dynamics and it really is just the story of mother three just does it a little bit more for me and granted it's been a long 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 time since i played earthbound uh, at all and so this this might be recency bias again but uh yeah i i concede i concede this point i think uh mother three is not one of the hills i've chosen to die on this day but i do want to at least sing its praises a little bit because i think it is more than just yelling at reggie reggie to to bring mother three to western shores i do think there is a reason why that game has that quality and has that desire behind it we're being too agreeable right now. We need to flip some tables. Oh, don't. There, there are ones on this list. I can tell you right now. I, I ain't letting on the list. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, I want to hear which one you are. That's on this list. So you're not letting on the list. Skyrim. I oh, put Skyrim boy. on this list. You kidding me? Why not? Skyrim. Why are you a hater? Look, I like I like I like a McDonald's burger as much as anybody, but <laughs> it's. There, there are so many other games in the C, not even CRPG, Western RPG form that have done so many more interesting things than Skyrim that are more inventive, that have better stories, that have more memorable characters, that have worlds that you can mess around in more. Like, I, I don't think there's a singular aspect of Skyrim. I would say it does better than anything else, unless that more aspect memorable is shouting than the, than the lusty Argonian maid. Like that is the that's most... in all the it's all, all the Elder Scrolls. Let's get Morrowind in here then, if we want to talk about that. We had Morrowind on the previous list. You have to think yeah. about also from this point of view, Eric. Is you have a lot of schlubs like myself who did not know the first thing about computer or you know sorry Western RPGs, and here comes totally Skyrim. Fair. And makes it a lot less intimidating because to me, Western RPGs were, hey, here's a whole bunch of stats for you to manage. And I'd be like, I don't want none of that. Thank you very much. But Skyrim's world, I found it compelling enough. I found his combat compelling enough. I found his intro, his characters compelling enough to say, okay, you know what? I like this. This is a lot of fun. I'm going to stick to this and see what happens. And oh, look, I can go in any direction I want. And this is actually pretty cool. I might be able to get by on this. And uh, yeah, that's... uh, to this day, I still feel like Skyrim, like when it comes out, I'll start up a game because 
why not? Why would you not just start up a game of Skyrim and go for a while and see where you end up? That's it's still a lot of appeal to doing that. I think Skyrim for me is almost like somebody getting into anime through Bleach or something like that. Yeah, so don't be like, an elitist. Well, no, I'm not being an elitist, but I'm saying we're picking a list of top 25 games, and I'm telling you that this is not a beginner's guide to top like RPGs. This is not pick my first Western RPG. And much like I will tell you that everything Bleach does, there is an anime that does it better. Everything that Skyrim does, I think there's an RPG that does it better. And I can't think uh, of I don't know. Yeah, but it puts everything on. together. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, oh, it's just one big mediocre pile. I'm just saying that, no, it's not perfect in any single regard, but it does a lot of things right. It does a lot of things right, but Fallout New Vegas is high on our list for a reason. Like Fallout New Vegas doesn't just do Fallout. Yeah, like, Fallout right. New Vegas is a very it does Fallout game. well. <laughs> Here's like, my question for you, Eric. Why do you think Fallout Skyrim has the staying power that it's had for more than a decade? It was available on the Xbox 360, <laughs> and it was heavily moddable. But they've and, they've released Eric, it. For Xbox a 360 times. has been gone a long time now. Right, but I'm saying that's why you had that huge base that played skyrim that's why you had all the people to play well, skyrim. people are now, still playing it today and a lot of skyrim's popularity is residual from the xbox 360 or it's on the pc where they're going to mod the bejesus out of that game and i'm not saying that fallout new vegas ain't that way either but a lot more people would rather play vanilla fallout new vegas than vanilla Skyrim. i think that you're really discounting its relative merits i mean it has yes. moments like climbing to the throat of the world it has fighting the dragons it has it really sent modability in RPGs to a new stratosphere. When Breath if of the Wild anything, says, mm -hmm. when Nintendo admits that Breath of the Wild was inspired by Skyrim, you have to say, okay, this is a special game. It catches mention of Throne of the World. There is a quest very much like that in uh, Breath of the Wild. You can see it's clearly a tribute to that. Yeah, and if I look at the other Tez games, which, by the way, Tez is more popular than Fallout. Like if you just look at the the numbers, people oh, go I'm not contesting for that. Tez. I'm not I'm not contesting that. I, I I just I mean we can leave a Tez game off this list, but if I'm going to recommend a Tez game to anybody, it's not going to be Morrowind. No, no, I'd recommend it's Skyrim. So dated at this point. But then we have to we do have to address at some point. Like, are we recommending a game because it's good, or are we recommending re recommending a game because it's easily? Available? I love Skyrim. Skyrim's I could fire. Great. I, I still, I still want to fire it up. I just Skyrim is one that I'm not wild about. If that's not clear, I just <laughs> you don't say. I don't want to put it. On, I, I don't want to put I it. I played up, it recently. I, don't I played know. it I, last. I played it last year, and I modded the bejesus out of it. I put all this stuff in it, and once I got in there and got over the novelty of mods, I was like, "Wow, this really is an RPG and a very." Oh, God, I could go for a long time about how I don't like the way that quests are, are formed in Skyrim, how I think the whole game is just meant to be as open as and accessible as possible, which I think is to its detriment because it's it's super great that you can walk to the College of Winterhold and become the grand you mage of Dumbledore. that place Ruled. knowing one spell like it's <laughs> it, it, really it well. wants it is a game that actively wants you to play it that wants you to to just run around in its world and be engaged with it and sure that does make it accessible but it also makes it frictionless and if if y'all know one thing about me i like a little bit of friction in the games that's why i like in fallout new vegas if you try to run from the starting town right 
to the strip, you're going to get mauled by death claws because there were signs everywhere saying, look out for the death claws. <laughs> and there ain't death claws in Skyrim. So that's that's my No, but there's dragons. They, yeah, but then the, the dragons just fly around and they go, and you just walk away from them or you fusro them. That's but it's it. cool. No, I think the thing that resonated with dragons me on with, this list. <laughs> the thing that resonated with me with what you said was, yeah, we could put McDonald's on this list of gourmet RPGs. And it's like, ooh, because it really is kind of the McDonald's of RPGs in some ways. Uh, just a big old Big Mac. If you see it on a road trip, you're not going to complain about stopping there to eat. But you're also not like taking your first date there either, you know? And that's kind of how I feel about Skyrim. But people are it, really passionate about McDonald's crap. McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's. I'm going to put it in maybe. I'm not totally discounting it. I kind of want to circle maybe. back to this so that we're not like I've, dwelling on Skyrim. Yeah. This entire yeah. Podcast. I'll, I'll I want to see how things maybe. are shaking out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, it's just Skyrim is one of the... When you say, okay, what are the best RPGs? Skyrim is going to be one of the first RPGs mentioned. Just automatically. And there's a reason. People complain all the time about Skyrim being constantly remade, which is fair. But The Elder Scrolls is more popular and more relevant than ever. I say, as somebody who works for IGN.com and sees the traffic that saying literally anything to do with The Elder Scrolls generates. It's so wild. People are eager for a new Elder Scrolls. They are, uh, but they still care about Skyrim. I still let, care let me, about Skyrim. My biggest gripe with Skyrim is I just I don't like that you basically get railroaded into your choices. I don't like yes. it gives you the illusion of freedom. That's my biggest gripe with it. I let me let me bring up two two other things here to move us on to other subjects while we move Skyrim into the maybe column. Uh, Mass Effect 2 was on this list of of two list games and that one we can just take off because we've got the Legendary Edition already. And then we have Pokemon Gen 2 on here because y'all two voted for it and I voted for Gold and Silver. I think we can just go ahead and say that Pokemon Gen 2 makes it onto the list. Yeah, I I actually started with Gold and Silver, but I said go ahead and change that to Crystal because it just makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And to me, Gold, Silver, Crystal, it's all the same thing. So it's, uh, I, I think the second generation of Pokemon is... Honestly, the best generation, in my opinion, hot take. I know, but that's not uh, a hot take. It, <laughs> no, it's it's quite an accepted take. Uh, and, and even though, even though I credit Arceus with like reigniting my love for the series, when I think about, I have a freaking skate deck behind me of Umbreon. Like I, I love Gen Two. I love like that era of Pokemon, and so um, I, I think that's a no brainer. I agree. Yeah. Another one that's kind of a no-brainer. Actually, Nadia, why don't you go? I want you to throw one out here that, for our consideration. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to advocate for Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah, see, I actually made this selection not too long ago, so a lot of it's still fresh in my mind for the argument. But as far as... I find that Mario games, like the side games, like the RPGs are... Full of a lot of personality, a lot of great writing, a lot of humor, and Thousand Year Door is pretty much the best of the best in that department. Plus, it has a a great battle system. It's the last of the RPG Paper Marios, which is a whole controversy into itself, but it is valid to say that this was the last real Super Mario RPG in the Paper Mario series. And it has a great soundtrack as well, that I think back on it. But I think what I mentioned 
was how you start the game in uh, Port Town, I think it's called. And mm, mm-hmm, the first thing you mm-hmm. see is like, first of all, a gallows. Second of all, a chalk drawing of a toad's body which, mm-hmm, in a back alley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you this see still, a hit. This going. gets Nadia every time. She's told <laughs> the story so many time. times. Well, because you're, you're, we talked about how there's no blood, which tacitly implies that they can't show that toads bleed. What, no, no. What the, are the, the toads the, full the of Nintendo? The version had the blood. They had to yeah. take it out. What is, what is Nintendo trying to hide from us by getting rid of the toad blood? <laughs> and the fact that you're just kind of talking about like blah, 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 Wolf and Rogue Port. This is a, you know, regular RPG town. And in the background, and in the back, there's a, a, a the Piantas are whacking someone. <laughs> such a great game but you go to some really interesting places you see some really great characters i mean all of your side characters are, are a hoot except for the baby yoshi it can die yeah it's um there's a reason why people are always clamoring for this to be at least be re-released on on switch yeah. if yeah. not give us a remake or a real sequel to it i did like origami king but i can see where the appeal comes from for a uh, a real sequel to thousand year door why are people so obsessed with this game I think people do forget, and this is something I will gladly say, this game had a lot of backtracking. Like, it wasn't a mm-hmm. perfect RPG mm-hmm. by any means. But again, the writing is just so good, and the settings yes. are just yeah. so great, and the characters, everything is just... There's a lot of imagination in this game. And one of the most controversial things about the new Paper Mario games is that Nintendo doesn't want to do that sort of thing anymore. They don't want to give you, like, uh, toads, like, in all sorts of colors and shapes and sizes, or it's very more, it's much more by the book now. And again, that's still a great series. Like, I still love Origami King, but there is a flair and imagination to Paper Mario Thousand Year Door that is just, like, quintessential Mario RPG. Like, it's head and heels above the Super Nintendo Mario RPG, if you ask me. Why is that? Yeah. Is it the writing? The writing, the I think the graphics are a lot better, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think the CG graphics of Super Mario RPG have hold up as well as some people might think. I The backgrounds in that game are not very good. I don't mm-hmm. like the isometric uh, platforming. Mm-hmm. You don't really have any of that sort of thing in, in Paper Mario because, well, it's a very 2D game for obvious reasons. Yeah, I, I'm also a fan of of mario style rpg games and superstar saga was one that i was definitely thinking about throughout the top 25 process and one that i ultimately just never could get on board with because i think it has some inherent problems that haven't aged well but uh thousand year door feels like if you're going to point to one mario rpg that nails the tone that nails the battle system that nails everything about this game and what makes mario in an rpg setting interesting and fun yeah it is thousand year door and i I didn't put it high because you know it is number one i haven't played a ton of it i've played maybe like five ten hours of it over the course of my life but um it it speaks volumes i'd still be willing to go to to bat for it because it is charming if infectiously so all its characters are wonderful uh and and it is just something that it does feel like like Nintendo has been chasing that for a while and never been quite able to recapture the magic as strongly as it did with Thousand Year Door. Uh, I think it is the best Paper Mario game and the best Mario RPG. So in the can you guys humor me for a hot second? So mm-hmm. what is historically important about Paper Mario Thousand Year Door? That's admittedly harder to say because Paper Mario Thousand Year Door was obviously preceded by the original Paper Mario, and before that, Mario RPG. And gosh, I think even, was Superstar Saga before or after Thousand Year Door? Oh, God. I think it was after. I think it, yeah, because it was Game Boy Advance. I don't remember how into the Game Boy, like, Thousand Year Door was 04. 
Okay, yeah. yeah. So I can't sit here and say, oh, it's an innovative RPG because it's not really. But it's... Well, I mean, Superstar Saga was something completely different. Like that was exactly, Mario yeah. and Luigi just by themselves. And that was kind of the invention of the Mario and Luigi like game yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. And to the series credit, I would easily, if I had the space, put uh, Bowser's Inside Story. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's almost as good, if not as good, as Thousand Year Door. But no, I can't sit here. I can't sit here and say, "Oh, it's innovative." But what it ta- what it does to the Paper Mario's formula that was introduced in N sixty four was it really perfects on it. So I, I give it some extra like half points for that. the The extra point I'd give to it is that for a lot of GameCube fans, this was yeah. their RPG. <laughs> this is what you were they getting. Did, they were not feasting. They were in the difficult winter months of RPG and Thousand Year Door got them through a lot that and like fire emblem path of radiance so like uh i i really do by default because the gamecube didn't have many great no i think i mean then you can just do tales of symphonia yeah yeah no tales of symphonia was absolutely like the the best by default and i say that as somebody that likes tales of symphonia tales of symphonia Uh, the game that's not even on this list yeah, but but so, that's what I'm saying. Is like this Mario was the best GameCube RPG option and the one that people continually return to, the one that people want to keep going back to. And I think people like the idea of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door more than they like the reality of it. They have nostalgia for it. But when I look at Paper think, Mario Thousand Year Door, I see a very well-written RPG, but ultimately not that influential, not that special. There's a lot of well-written RPGs out there that aren't on this list. So I'm just kind of going, okay, but why are we putting this on this list? I mean, it could be representative of the Mario RPG series, but Mario RPG is mostly influential by dint of there's a lot of them. So, I mean, the whole idea of quick time attacks... Yeah, yeah, the first Mario RPG was extremely accessible. I'd say it's almost on level of Final Fantasy VII being what introduced a lot of non-RPG fans to RPGs. Because they they like that Mario connection, they like those action based timed hits, and that really was a lot mm-hmm. of people's intro way mm-hmm. into the. I think Mario RPG is better than Thousand Year Door, and like I would have been more okay with putting that on than I would. No, nah, I, I would put thousand. I would put uh, Thousand Year Door by far, if not Thousand Year Door. Like I said, Bowser's Inside Story, but not yeah, the original. I think Mario RPG has not aged spectacularly like what nadia said about the the second nadia said isometric platforming i immediately thought of every part of that game that i loathe <laughs> because of it and was like yeah no that game has not aged well especially uh, in the bowser's castle but yeah. hang on back up you just said that it's tales of symphonia is the defining rpg on the gamecube it's no he was one. saying it was just because it was no, like was by default that, yeah i was saying that was the that was the rpg that every gamecube like owner was playing because they wanted rpgs on the gamecube like that's the one everyone turned to okay yeah yeah i don't Uh, know i'm not entirely sold on thousand year door i'm okay with a maybe column for it now just to move on to other stuff uh but i wouldn't i wouldn't write it off so fast yeah i'm not inclined to be clear i'm not writing this off i'm not like gonna be upset if it makes the final list i'm just not feeling the passion for it and this is kind of my own bias speaking here. Like I've never felt the passion for the Mario RPG series in general. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to dig into a little bit about like what makes this game so special. It deserves to be counted among the 25 greatest RPGs. I mean, people talk about this game a lot. It sure is relevant these days, but mm-hmm. I, like when you dig into the actual merits of the game, I'm wondering. That's that's one of the, there are going to be a lot of angry emails at this. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, of course. 
Uh, one game that I do think that should absolutely be on this list is Witcher 3, which yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric yeah. and I, I, I put it at number five. Eric put it at number 15. Um, mm-hmm. Nadia, mm-hmm. you did not list it. No, it's definitely a game I want to really kind of dig in for myself and determine, but I can definitely say, okay, that goes on the list. There's really no argument here. Huzzah. Well, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We. I, I feel like singing the Witcher's praises would almost be redundant because I think it is the game that like launched that series into so much popularity that Netflix has a series about it now. Like it's, it, it, it made is just, the modern PC it's RPG. It, Everything wants to yeah. be Witcher 3 now. Yeah. It, it turned CD project red into the studio that was then so poised to nail cyberpunk and then had the most cataclysmic. like that's almost the humor of it is that Witcher three was almost too good for CD project. Red yeah. To be good. You know, <laughs> I feel like another one that, I mean, Eric and I both put this at the top 10, Disco Elysium. Not oh, 100%. I still think that's definitely on the list because that's just another game I have to get more deeply into before I can say, okay, this is where it ranks on my personal list. But it, it's certainly uh, not a case of this game isn't good enough to be on the list. Of course it is. We ain't, we're, we're into Disco Elysium being on the list. The question is, oh, yeah. how oh, yeah. high is it? I, I think oh, it's yeah, very that high. I have, very, very high. <laughs> that I'm not sure about. Not it to was get one the, of the knives most transcendent out early. RPG experiences I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I I would especially Nadia. I would love for you to play more of it now that we have played D anD D because I think like that mm-hmm. experience might help it resonate more with you because it is in some ways a single player tabletop experience where you are just playing a character and kind of a party and and you have like a DM that is catering specifically to you. Oh God, I love that game. It's so good. (laughs) Unfairly good. A game that was on our original top 25 list. And I think most people would put it on the top 25 RPGs of all time. It's KOTOR. It's getting a remake. Um, In some ways it's not aged well because it was an OG Xbox game. And in, Making this for a console audience, Bioware stripped it down a lot compared to its PC RPGs, like Baldur's Gate 2, for example. And it really introduced a lot of people to the concept of the the Bioware hub, where you're going on to the major quests and all that. It, of course, is super well known for its amazing, uh, one of the greatest RPG twists of all time. Um, But if you said to me, uh, KOTOR has not aged that well and it can be re- reasonably left off this list until the, the remake comes out. I'm not going to like complain or anything, but Eric, you also voted for this one. Yeah. And I do think it's one that I wouldn't be against not putting on the final list because I did rank it. You know, I, I put it at number 20, I believe. Uh, and it's good but there are also there's aspects that like KOTOR 2 came in and provided more interesting ideas of what a Star Wars RPG story could be. I think more recent games, uh, even both Star Wars and stuff like Mass Effect have shown that we have made great leaps and bounds in terms of that Bioware style of storytelling. And so like I would love the idea of a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and the remake is is a very exciting prospect. But I do think it's one that if we're talking about, would we recommend it to somebody right now? It, that would come with some caveats. Yeah. That would be like, okay, you're, it's really good on it's Switch. It's going to feel old. It's going to feel dated. There's not every character is a home run. Like I, th- 
there are some characters that stick out and others eh, not so much. So I I don't know. Are we going to put it on maybe? Yeah, I, I think it's put it on maybe, maybe just because unlike games that I, I, you know, haven't played much of, but I know are great, like Witcher 3 and Disco Elysium, like it just feels harder with KOTOR. Can I throw a pick on the table that I think might be resistance just judging from y'all selections compared sure. to mine? Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is on this list, and I, yeah. I will fight to my dying breath for that. <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is an immaculate RPG. I don't care that it's busted as hell. It's so, so damn good. It's it's incredibly good. It's aged so well in so many ways. Uh, so I yeah, Bloodlines has to be on this list for me. Why is it historically important? I think it is historically important because it is almost at the place where classic rpg and modern rpg meet you can see the twist but also the ways in which troika tried to adhere to the crpg style that we're just now seeing more honestly more studios harken back to you can almost see them trying to buck the ideas that later turned mass effect and dragon age into dragon age 2 and mass effect 2 which are both games i like but are both admittedly much more action side of rpg whereas bullet lines has some incredible role playing in it feels very tabletop inspired, obviously from its source material has an atmosphere in a world that feels very focused and, and designed. Like I love the idea of being a thin blood of being this person who is just trying to make it night to night and deal with this world of eternal beings that have the world in their pocket. And they're so like the lore is so incredible and it deals with issues that feel very relevant today. Like it, it, we want to talk about RPG stories that deal with problems that feel relevant to this day. Bloodlines does that. And then some, and I, I really do think it, it goes so many interesting places. It does so many interesting things. The entire mission where you're going through the haunted mansion is still a standout to this day. I played it a year and a half ago, maybe two years around the time pandemic started. Uh, I replayed Bloodlines and that mission is still an absolute standout. Uh, the missions in Hollywood playing as an Osferatu, the idea of having a character that doesn't just affect your stats or, you know, maybe you get to like say something cool because you're an orc and you're talking to another orc. And so you can say an orc thing to them. But like you're playing as a Nosferatu. You can't be seen outside by humans that will break the masquerade. And now you are violating the masquerade and vampires will try to kill you because they don't want humans to know that vampires are real. There's so many cool role-playing things in there that a lot of modern RPGs are still not figuring out. And it's, it's it is easily one of the most ambitious games on this list. So I think that it's historically important aspect is, it is one of the first RPGs to truly be fan created in its own way mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's fan supported. Uh, the community has done so much for that game. They've rebuilt it. They made it stronger, better, mm-hmm. <laughs> faster, faster. Yeah. The the story of Troika is a huge bummer in and of itself. And we talked about it on a recent yeah. PC RPG quest, but like bloodlines is that sort of, swan song from them not to reference the other vampire game that's coming out very soon but uh bloodlines was kind of their last one out the door and sadly you know it even got left in an unfinished state but it speaks to how much people love those games and love the studio that there was still work being done on it and there's a fan patch that is considered like the de facto way to play that game by many of the developers so all right 
I'm convinced. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no. Um, and the thing is, that's funny is that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, I feel like if they could crack the code on making a new one, it would be humongous. Wait, come on. You would People think want that. an occult RPG. <laughs> the, the, oh. the, the appetite is there to be a vampire or a werewolf in this RPG <laughs> world. Come on. To be everything that a vampire is, which is timeless, but also heavily reliant on humans to survive. There's so much. Oh, there's so much right fodder for the picking there. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like an RPG full of goth emo characters and like 90s music, like the music in the Matrix with the scene where where Neo goes to the club to meet Trinity and they're just playing like Dragula in the background. Like that's the (laughs) vibe of Bloodlines and it is a good vibe. That's fair. I can deal with that. Dragula, the RPG. Vampire. I'm I'm sad that the uh the new one just hasn't worked out like that's just been development yeah. hell. Maybe a testament a to how that magic is so difficult to capture. Mm. And also a testament to many things about the industry, but we don't have time for that in this podcast. <laughs> True that. Nadia, I think we need to talk about Dragon Quest now. I was gonna oh say God. now's the time to bring up Dragon Quest because I'm looking at this list and it's gosh, it's a matter of okay. First, we, we excluded three because that might be better for when the remake comes out and we'll have a better look to really analyze it from a modern lens. But also, uh, five versus 11, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one for me because five is introduced. It's still a great game to play. Five is still amazing to play. And it introduced so many important new things to not just Dragon Quest, but to the genre itself. And it has probably one of the best stories of all of Dragon Quest. But Eleven took everything that Dragon Quest has done to this point and just made it a cohesive package that's just mirror shine polish. So I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds. Hey, let's let's do it both. Let's do both. Both is they're good. both incredible. Yeah, I think that DQ Five is almost the platonic ideal of the 16-bit RPG. I can't think of any flaws. Yeah, really. especially with the remakes they did for the DS. Those are pretty incredible. So it's still. Well, barring the price, a very accessible game. You can, you can get the exact same game on mobile and it's still playable, but it's just easier on the DS. But you, either way, you can play an upgraded modern version of this game and see for yourself, holy crap, this actually rules. Eric, you talk all the time about what a stand you are for Dragon Age 2. Yes. Final Fantasy V did what Dragon Age 2 did 20 years before Dragon Age 2 came out. Uh, what? Dragon oh. Age 2 is just, wait, you're saying Dragon Quest V is horny? You're saying this is a horny <laughs> RPG? Oh, it's very horny. I mean, it kind Are of is. <laughs> Incredibly horny RPG. The you're first time that Bianca, you're brought but... into the room and you're asked to marry three, choose between the three women in the room, one of them is at least very horny. <laughs> no, the, there's- What have there's, I been missing? <laughs> there's two that you choose from, and then you can choose the third who's just standing off insulting you to the side. You're like, oh, I want to marry you. I think it's Deborah. She's like, what? Hey, what? You What? You if you're really into what? that, if that's a kink, wow, you're gonna get it a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people I know pick Deborah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I admittedly am not. You know, this is this is y'all's tempo. This is y'all's uh stuff. And I think the reason why I still ended up putting Dragon Quest Eleven on mine, despite only having about, I played like the demo plus maybe like five hours, uh, which is still a pretty substantial amount because that's a huge demo. Yeah, it's but. Huge. Uh, I, I put it down, but it's one I think about all the time because it almost feels like this distillation of what makes a classically styled RPG 
like especially classically styled JRPG, just so soothing to the soul. I would describe it as like warm bone broth of RPG. Like it is just cleansing. It is fulfilling. It is, you know, it's not something you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is the best dish I've ever had. But there's just something warm about it that warms your soul, warms your heart. And it it feels like a nice one to play by a fire in the fall. You know, it's it's like dusk during the fall and you're sitting by the fire and you're watching the sunset and you're playing some Dragon Quest Eleven on your Switch. And there's just no better time than that. And that's what Eleven does for me. And it hits a mood so well that I can't not recognize that, even if it's one that I have not gone back to and finished. It's one that I can... I, I can describe in that level of detail exactly how I felt while playing it. And it left the mark on me to this day. Uh, and, and admittedly, I've never played Dragon Quest V. I am completely out of my depth there. But um, you should play DQ5. I, I, I look added to the list. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just started the Zodiac Age on Steam Deck. And I think that is actually 100 percent my jam. So I'm going to go disappear down that. We'll talk about, about that fair, on the weekly episode. Dragon Quest V should be on the Switch. All of yes, them. yeah, they should really should be. Uh, on there. I, I think in my aspect, I do obviously believe that Dragon Quest game should be on this list. It would be folly for us to not have a Dragon Quest game on this list. And so I'm open to at least one, if not both of them. Let's say I think, again, we're going to run into an issue where we're going to start saying, like, how many entries do we want from each series yeah. on this list? Eh. Uh, but I think both of them are at least contenders. I think they can they can punch around for now. You know, they're not out of the circle just yet. <laughs> so here are my individual hangups with each. If I were to pick one to say, Hey, play this game in the DQ series, I would say play 11. Like 11 yeah. is an amazing introduction to the series. It's gorgeous. It's available on Nintendo switch. Uh, it's huge. Uh, it has Silvando. Uh, you can marry him. Has Silvando. It does have Silvando, and you can marry him. <laughs> it's a remarkable story. Uh, the 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 battle system was so much fun. There's so much to love about this game, and I think that DQ Five made me love um, DQ Five made me love Dragon Quest, but DQ Eleven made me understand Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Having said that, DQ Eleven is also so self referential, a lot like Final Fantasy Nine, honestly. Yeah. yeah, like to the point where being self-referential is the point. And like, that's fine. Like, I think it stands on its own ultimately. But mm-hmm. I always side eye a game that's built entirely on references and nostalgia. That's not entirely like that, though. I mean, the references are, are certainly there, to, but. You're trying to lay foundation for the anti-14 coalition. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's already on the list. I know, I know. But it's going to go high on the list. <laughs> DQ5 is uh, DQ5 is just this perfectly polished gem of mm-hmm. an RPG. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. And I it handles the transition between the years of your character growing up so well, from childhood to adulthood to having kids. It is absolutely wonderful. And I think DQ11 is better known of the two. But in my heart, I feel like Dragon Quest V is one of the finest RPGs ever. And I've just convinced myself that I want it on the list. Well, let's let's put them both on maybe for now. All right. We we got some more we got some more on this two list to knock out before we get to one list. 
Yeah. Um, one list is where we're really going to have to start making cuts. We're really going to have to get into it. So, uh-huh. uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. I think it's got to be on the list. It's I it, don't. It is easily. <laughs> I think it's I don't, easily. Actually. It's a hallmark of the tactics genre. It's the one Doesn't that hold is. Up. It's. It is malleable. It is replayable. It is systems wise. Like I think one of the most interesting tactical RPGs. It is this bread it's hard and to butter play, though. Saying, coming at this from someone who actually played very late, like even War of the Lions. I, I enjoyed it. And I certainly appreciate what it is and what it did for, for strategy games. God knows. But uh, I, I guess the its main in, it, its main big point, good point, is that there's nothing quite like it. Like that job system, as you say, those characters are so malleable and just you can make a, something completely crazy. But I'd say even triangle strategy plays better. Like the problem there, though, is that you have your set roles and nobody can step outside mm-hmm. of those roles. And that's that's not a lot of fun if you're a tactics fan, but tactics, uh, much as I appreciate it and I know how great the story is and everything, I just found it hard to play and enjoy. Um, two things. One is that it was the highest voted game from our audience when it came to their voting. They picked it at 54. So I think that is factoring into my considerations a little bit. Our audience really cares about Final Fantasy they love tactics. Ta- they love them some tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, also... Um, if we're going to give Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines credit for being moddable, I think you have to give Final Fantasy Tactics credit 100%. for being moddable because there's a lot yeah. of community stuff out there that oh, yeah, really absolutely. takes the edge off the um, the progression, as we discussed in the Pantheon episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And its level of customization does make it really special, ultimately. Like Final Fantasy Tactics is just incredible and how how much you can break that game it's amazing and it has a great story too it really does i do think there will come a question about we we've talked about how many games do we want from a series on here i think the question there would be how many tactics games made by matsuno do we want on this list because i think (laughs) tactics ogre is is a tough competitor for for final fantasy tactics i just don't think tactics ogre is as relevant as final fantasy tactics no it it definitely loses the relevance battle i think but I was being uh, such a hipster when I picked Tactics Ogre over FFT. Originally, I was just like, ha, Tactics Ogre. There's something about that the one, vibe right? of Lettuce Cling Together. Like, there's just a little bit different vibe. That there I is. Like, one but... is much more similar to Triangle Strategy, i.e. Tactics mm-hmm. Ogre. Yeah, yeah for sure. I know. Yeah, so. I, I don't think know. I kind of, I'm really sad that in. we don't have a Fire Emblem on here. And I want yeah, Blazing Sword, was, but we'll Blazing to, Sword we'll is not the... We'll get to the one list eventually. We'll get to the one list. Awakening's already been eliminated. Uh, so Three Houses is like an edge thing. case, I feel. But I don't know that I would put it over FFT. So, yeah, I guess Final Fantasy Tactics is... Uh, I think I, I think it should go on the we list. We didn't have a front mission game in this running. Nah. I wonder if that's just blind spots talking. That's my blind spot. I, think I don't is. know. I'm not yeah. a front mission person. It's I don't one think I've always of... wanted to play, but Oh, I mean it's getting remade, so Yeah, yeah, no. Once chance. I once I saw that, I was like, cool, I'm going to wait for the remakes. And exactly. so maybe that ended up killing any chance of front mission getting on this list well, in the first next place. Next time we come around. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do another update sometime. Yeah, I'm for fine all with the people putting Final Fantasy it. Tactics on here. Like nobody's gonna be like, Oh my god, what have you no, done? For sure. Final Fantasy it... Tactics. It's, well, uh, we should consider opinion, but we should not choose something just I because know. the masses may raise pitchforks at us. 
uh valkyrie profile yeah kind of low for you cat how are you feeling about valkyrie profile oh boy <laughs> is this the soul searching part of the list very much so i love it it's uh it's my favorite rpg of all time as i've already said um it's it's hard for me it feels so much like personal bias speaking to put the put it on this list and but at the same time like i replayed it a year ago and as i was saying in my pantheon episode there's so much i absolutely adore about the the structure of this game the the sprite art yeah um the storytelling the characters there is a lot to love about valkyrie profile i'm sad that it never really caught on i i it it's actually sneaky influential because other games have picked up its its action system. I think it's the best triace game, like it's defining triace game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot of greatness to it, and it still has a fan base. Eh, heck, it's getting a new Valkyrie profile. It's probably going to be very bad. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. Boy, I am really on the the edge with Valkyrie profile though. Um. Because it's like, does it deserve to be on a list of the 25 finest RPGs ever made? I don't know. It might be a little like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door for me. It was like amazing RPG. Is it enough to go over the top? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I have to kind of say that I, much as I enjoyed playing it for the Pantheon and talking to you guys about it, it was a very obtuse game to the point that it was just like, I don't know, a little too frustrating for me where I played it, I played through and I'm like, I have no idea what it did. I have no idea what's going on. Did I just waste my time? So I still I still think it's a fantastic looking RPG. I think the voice acting is hilarious, especially the the big meathead. I can't remember his name, but yeah. So oh, I'm grim. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I stand on this. I I put this kind of high on my list, and I do also think there's some personal bias there because Valkyrie Profile was one of many PlayStation one RPGs that I rented a couple weekends uh, from the video store and, and probably just remember very hazily and very rosily because of that. But there's something about the systems in that game that just feel like they've been maybe attempted to be duplicated, but never fully replicated. Like it's, you know, there are many imitators, but there's only one true innovator and that's, that's a Valkyrie profile. And I I think even just the setting resonated a lot with me. I love the idea of getting these heroes and either hanging on to them and having them fight with you or then sending them off to, to prepare for Valhalla. And that's like uh, to prepare for, for Ragnarok. And that's a really cool concept that we even saw other games like Pyre from Supergiant, like take some of those ideas and run with them. I think there are a lot of just, incredible ideas that Trias was so far ahead of the curve on uh, that I think it does represent this era of RPG where people were just doing really off the wall, interesting things and running with them as far as they could. And that's, that's why I think profile at least does not deserve the unsanctimonious acts just yet. It, is it one that holds up in the top 25 after we're, we're through these, these lists I don't know, but I do think it at least deserves to not get cut in this first round. I've been to it. I'll throw it into maybe. I mean, I'm never going to hate on Valkyrie Profile. Lenneth, the best, uh, one of the best RPG characters of all time. 
Amazing protagonist. Love her so much. And I guess that leaves us with Elden Ring. <laughs> yes. I, I can see the recency bias argument, but I was playing it the other night and I'm like, I'm not sure I've played a better game than Elden Ring. Honestly, it's, it's, it's just I, I've put like well over 200 hours into that game and I'm still going. I just there's always something there is. all God, today I was playing and I found some tower I hadn't discovered before and it had a, a whole thing going on with its story and like these travel gates that I just leapt into and found myself completely somewhere oh, else. Yeah. It's just the such Belfries, a game yeah. that wants you to it wants to scare the crap out of you and put you out of your <laughs> out of your comfort zone while you're playing. Like, I love the fact that. The internet exploded because everybody opened a, a chest and ended up in like horror land. Uh, they ended up in Kayla. They have, where am I? Hmm. What is going on? Why is the sky on fire? And the game has so many moments like that. I love it when games do that, where they give you a tiny preview of where you can go and what is waiting for you. And it might be like a huge ass dragon sleeping on top of a, a golden city. It might be, as I said, the poison swamp full of terrible, terrible things that kind of abandons you in the middle of nowhere and expects you to get back it's just it's just such a remarkable game always something going on always something to discover i just the fact that it won over nadia i think is actually really notable because i don't think nadia is predisposed to go into this game and the fact that she put like 200 hours into it and is super passionate Mm -hmm. i I think it's really telling like i would download this game saying oh whatever i'll probably play it for a few hours and probably give up and regret it and like i said 200 hours later i'm still still at it getting my ass kicked but and i I get that the recency bias thing argument i I get it yeah we're still in the throes of it so we're like super passionate Having said that, like if I take a step back, I can say that, for example, the Royal Capital is one of the finest dungeons I've ever played in RPG. It is so expansive. It is so well designed. It is so beautiful. There's so much to it. It's so huge. And they put it into this giant open world. What an accomplishment. And there are more of those levels besides. There are so many great, 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 great levels in Elden Ring. I think that it... It's almost like the culmination of 40 years of making RPGs, great action-based system, uh, amazing dungeon crawling. Um, It has a degree of role-playing that's actually really surprising in the way that all the choices that you can make, but the the choices are very seamless. They're um, They're not like Witcher 3, where you hit like certain choke points and stuff, but you can find them really organically. Uh, the the Ronnie quest is one mm-hmm. of the best side quests that I've ever played in mm-hmm. an RPG, mm-hmm. period. There's so many choices. There's so many options in the way that you build out your character. Like, it made Dark Souls single-handedly feel like I, I just don't have any desire to go back to Dark Souls after Elden Ring. Uh, amazing game. Don't get me wrong. Dark Souls is incredible on its own in its own right. But it made Dark Souls feel dated. and it made And it really laid bare to me how much more action focused Bloodborne was yeah. compared to Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. RPG systems and everything are so much deeper in Elden Ring. There's so much more to dig into with this game. I don't know. It feels like it would be a crime to leave this game off, even it though feels it just like came out. In in many ways, the quintessential RPG in that you are on a quest, like a vaguely defined quest for sure, but yeah, your priority is to find weapons, to find armor, to find those basic things that make RPGs happen. I think riding around on a horse and seeing the giant dragon and thinking about it, like how cool that is. And I think back to my like 
man, if I could just show this to somebody who was playing D&D on a PC in the 1970s. Yeah. And how mind blowing it is. Is there anything more pure than being the knight with the shield riding a horse toward a giant dragon that just looks amazing in the game in this huge open world? Oh, so many more moments like that in Elden Ring. That feels really great. And then you hand that D&D player from the 90s, the controller, and ask them to steer that mess of a horse. And they're like, oh, this feels bad. And you're like, yeah, it does. Because <laughs> that horse don't feel bad to fight on. Or that horse don't feel good to fight on. Uh, it's, I think, let, let me just say that I do think Elden Ring is a notable game. And I'm not against it being on the list. I am not rolling out the red carpet for it. It's got to earn its spot on this list just like anybody else does. But it did. And we just mm. called it one of the best RPGs no, of all time. No, because one point that Cat brought up, I'd love to refute, which is, yeah, there's like five or six incredible dungeons in that game and about 72,000 completely forgettable ones. That is the same problem I have with Skyrim, where there's just a lot of legacy dungeons where they were like, well, we'll put a fire pit over here and some gargoyles over here. And at the end of it, you'll get an Ash of War and that's the legacy dungeon. And then they spotted those all over the map. And but that's just like Breath of the Wild and the shrines. Like the, you stand Dragon Age 2 final, so much. And Elden Ring, to some extent, has the same problem with copy-paste dungeons. But the difference and, is and that it's a problem Elden Ring too. has much better bosses at the end of it. So it feels like the encounter is fairly meaningful. They, they loved them so much, they reused them about a dozen times each. Like, it's a huge game. So what? I, I'm saying like these are things that I think often get overlooked about Elden Ring and coming off of what was probably like a 40 to 50 hour binge and finishing it over the last two weekends. Uh, there are aspects of this game I find absolutely incredible. I think the summon thing is one of the best decisions that From Software has yeah, that's ever great. made in terms of being able to summon an AI helper and having them be very personal. And and there's a lot of discussion about like, oh, which summons are you using? And it it didn't just peel back the the feeling of like, oh, you've got to beat this thing all on your own. No, I beat the end of that game by summoning Black Knife Tish, and me and Tish went ham on that giant monster, and it was great. But I I do think that for all the moments like that, there are aspects of that game that do fall short of the concise design of a Dark Souls one. Like Dark Souls one is an incredibly well-designed world, almost painstakingly crafted to be interwinding and have ideas of elevation and, and, and the opposite of elevation. I can't think of dis dissension. Like there's so much feeling of rising up and coming back down. I think Elden Ring has incredible vistas and has incredible moments when you look out over this, this cliff and see all this vast world around you. But I think once you like start running around in the swamp of Liernia, it's just, a lot of swamp Liernia. It feels like the scale is there to wow you at the beginning, but when you're in there, there's just a bunch of crabs in there, and that's about it. No, yeah, mostly Dark Souls is throwing so ghosts at you at points, especially as you get much later into the game. I I think there is an amazing sense of scale, but it's also there's something in me that goes like, but Dark Souls feels like just tuned in a way where like Elden Ring feels like they cranked the wheel back wow, I can't and tried to feel more. in the dots. I think and Dark Souls have you played Dark Souls recently? That game I've played feels Dark so Souls. stiff compared to Elden Ring. 
No, okay, I'm not talking combat wise. I'm talking like the design of the world, which I think is a huge appeal of any FromSoft. Sure, game, I mean, is, Dark is Souls this... has one of the best designed worlds. Yeah, of if all we're time. talking I agree. combat wise, I mean, I'm going to go Bloodborne, honestly, but Elden Ring yeah. is like second in that regard. Absolutely. And I'm also going to say that like arguments for Elden Ring have me thinking that I don't want to put Dark Souls on this list. But I do think we need to at least acknowledge that Elden Ring is not this amazing top tier contender. It's a no, high I contender. disagree. I think it is an amazing I think top, a top tier, tier contender. contender. In I, fact, I, I think that you're you're nitpicking stuff by talking about like the smaller top copy paste dungeons, but I don't think you're acknowledging that Elden Ring's strengths are so great that it is truly a game that is greater than some of its parts. We're talking about a game that, as Reb so succinctly put it, has become its own social media platform. Yeah, in a way that's like. It's Dark taking Souls the ideas of Dark that. Souls to their Dark Souls logical has always been that. Elden Ring's just a lot larger. Like Elden Ring's just yeah. the more popular version of that. But Dark Souls has always been its own platform. We've been writing evergreen stories about weird things that Dark Souls players have been doing for years. Like that's not necessarily. But it takes some the ideas thing. introduced in Dark Souls to their logical conclusion with its, with the way that it is perfectly implemented, its open world, and then beyond that, it's just as always, incredible boss fights, incredible quest lines to discover, a fascinating world that you want to just pick apart piece by piece, and then really interesting character builds. What can I say? I think I mean, Elden the, Ring... The thing I, I, I do, do think, yeah. with uh, Elden Ring, it's like I open a map, and it's not the most detailed map in the world. It's very basic, but there's these vague markings that let you know something is here. And so you ride your horse to that area and see what is there. You defeat whatever monster is there, if any. You talk to any NPC that is there, if any. And what is an RPG but that? I think there is an element of that, and I appreciate that. I, I think there is a sense of wonder that Elden Ring encaps- like, like, like grabs that is a l- pretty much unlike anything else in video games. And I think the thing I just keep getting hung up on is that... I just it's the legacy dungeons. It's the the glut of stuff that came with it. There's just a lot of stuff in that game. And I feel like the highs are really, really high. But the valleys in between also stick out to me as well to where there's just the horse combat's not that great. I think you fight a lot of the same bosses over and over again, or you run into a lot of the same bosses over and over again. I think there's a lot of ashes of war that just end up feeling completely perfunctory. I think there's a lot of weapons that end up feeling completely perfunctory and you're supposed to sell them or get rid of them. I know that, but it's, I think there are certainly demerits I would put against any other from soft game too, but I just wanted to make sure that we are not rolling out the red carpet for this because I do think it is not above critique because I did come out of it saying that was an incredible experience. I, you want to talk about the Ronnie quest line. Let's talk about the Millicent quest line. Let's talk about the Halig tree in general, which is probably one of my favorite areas in gaming in recent memory. It's absolutely incredible and tells its lore through the area. So stuff well. like the volcano manor. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And the, well, the volcano manor stuff is, is, is gosh, darn heartbreaking at times. Uh, and I do think that, what might put Elden Ring over every other FromSoft for me more than anything else is 
the storytelling just feels like it's a it's a notch better than everything else. I think that the characters and that it's not so withholding about some of the things that it will. There's a turtle pope that will tell you all the exposition yes. <laughs> and inform you. And and some of the deeper, deeper secrets, I'm trying not to spoil things because I do think that there's some incredible stuff to either learn about or, or find out yourself. Um, but some of the deeper stuff about what exactly is going on with the shattering of the ring and influence from the outer gods and things like that is, is really genuinely very cool. Uh, they're just, I keep thinking of moments where I would just go into an area because I was like, Oh cool. There's a dungeon here. And it was like a bunch of gargoyles. And then I fought a boss I'd fought before. And then I got an ash of war. I never used again and walked back out. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and that was, it was just a shrug moment for me. And those are maybe the moments where it reminded me of Skyrim in those times in the radiant quest of Skyrim, where it was like, that was certainly content I did, but it did not match the highs of, and I can't expect any game to have the highs of Elden Ring on a consistent basis. That wouldn't be fair. But uh, I do think there are some things that just, you know, also I hate, again, like horse, horse combat's one thing, but I think just in general, fighting dragons in that game is not as fun. People got to oh, figure out great. dragon combat. Are you kidding? You take your, your twin blade and, and use it like a lawnmower? Just slice the hell <laughs> out of some Achilles tendons. Can I, can I make an admission, Eric? I actually like the horse problem. combat. I like the horse combat. Torrent, the problem with Torrent is, I do understand why Torrent isn't perfect. Like, he moves like an extension of yourself most of the time, like, say, a mountain Final Fantasy XIV. But when you start to turn around, then he's as dumb as hell, like any other horse. Mm -hmm. It's not like, Mm -hmm. say, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, where Argo had had a very consistent behavior. Yeah. Or even Breath of the Wild, which has that very specific physics to it. Now, I will say Torrent is, as much as I love Torrent, he feels weird. I can't decide if I want FromSoft to keep making platforming because it's hilarious every time I die doing it, or I want FromSoft to stop doing platforming because it has never felt fun in their games. Well, no, they, it's a lot better than it is in Dark Souls, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, but but I'm saying this is degrees here, whereas like every time I had to platform in Elden Ring, the first few times I died, I was like, ha ha, I'm such a dumbass. And like the fifth or sixth time I died, I was like, okay, can we please really? get past this section? I hope I find a site of grace so I never have to do this again. I don't think I've ever died on a platform in Elden Ring. Honestly, oh. it's spelled fine to me. Oh, no. There have been um, a few times I rolled off a cliff because it's from software and that's going to happen. Yeah, but... no, those those are always fun. Those those are entertaining. So are we putting on a maybe or are we putting it on the list? I can it can go on contention for the list. I said my piece. I'm I'm arguing up. Hey, I, I appreciate you putting it on trial. This is I'm this I'm, is great. I, I am Sisyphus and I will let the boulder run over me. <laughs> I don't know. We're still going to be talking about Elden Ring in 10 years, you know. Oh, for sure. But I, mean, I, I appreciate yeah, are. what you pointed out there. We we are. I don't <laughs> doubt that. And I'm still thinking about Elden Ring. I was reading a lore thing earlier about Mikola and, and Millennia and all that. So I got to say it. the Millennia cutscene when you meet her, oh. like just the cutscenes in this game oh. are chef kiss next so level. Good. Like I just don't get tired of millennia like the the cutscene no matter how many times i die like the transition mm. the whole thing is just so done done the, so well and some of the best voice acting you'll find in the industry the godfrey transition from godfrey to horaloo is yes. the most metal shit i've ever seen in my life for sure amazing stuff well we have 15 games mm. on the list so far i'll just recap really quickly 
Final Fantasy XIV, Undertale, Persona 5 Royal, Fallout New Vegas, Suikoden 2, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Earthbound, Pokemon Gen 2, Witcher 3, Disco Elysium, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Eldering are in. That's 15 out of the 25. And we have a handful of maybes. They include Skyrim, Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, KOTOR, DQ5, DQ11, and Valkyrie Profile. And we, I think we've kind of agreed that one of the Dragon Quests are going to go on yeah, this list. Sure. So mm-hmm, we just mm-hmm. haven't really decided. So now we're on to the one list, the, the games that made one list and are still in contention. The one true list. So, Nadia, advocate for something for me. Uh, am I the only one who seriously voted for Stardew Valley? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's enough of an RPG. Yeah, okay, that, that's that was fair. my reasoning too. Okay, well, here's my. Here we go. Dragon Quest Builders 2. I am advocating for that because, of course, I am. (laughs) It is such a wonderful RPG slash builder. And it's just, gosh, the story is a lot of fun, believe it or not. I love the fact that this game had the guts or whatever you want to call it to be like, okay, we are a kind of a parallel adaptation of Dragon Quest to the way that Dragon Quest Builders was a parallel Dragon Quest 1. And it just starts you off making your best friend, it just gives him the the, the name of the bad guy, Malroth, right from the start. Mm-hmm. Like, And they're mm-hmm. like, why is this jabroni carrying the name of the Demon King? What is going on here? And you'll find out. And actually, Malroth is actually a fantastic character. He's really funny. He's got that kind of, you know, sass, and he's trying very hard to be a good guy, even though, well, innately, he's probably more than that going on. But It just takes everything Dragon Quest Builders did, which was a great RPG on its own, and multiplies it and gives you not only great adventures, like to much, much better than, say, Minecraft would and much more RPG focused than Minecraft. Uh, When you're done with all that, you can take everything you've learned from those islands, everything you've learned from those different lands and further than that, like there's all sorts of places you can visit to take stuff and you can build your own town. This is probably one of the best town builders I'll ever play. And what is more RPG mm. than towns where you visit and you you talk to people and you have a pub and you have, you know, uh, stock and, and weapons and even farm animals can wander around and give you like, uh, you know, food products and stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's such a satisfying RPG experience. And I, I replayed it recently, so I know I'm not just talking on my butt here. It brings a lot of passion from people. I'm with yes. you on so many you of those say. points. My my problem and why I left it off my own list is number one, I agree with Cap on a point that she actually made about Stardew Valley, but I would apply the same thing to Dragon Quest Builders too. I don't think it's enough of an RPG. I don't think it has enough RPG like business going on there. Uh, and and I do think what growth there is for the character is honestly just them being like, oh, we should probably make you do more damage at this point. Like the combat in Dragon Quest Builders 2 is not that involved or, or like it's honestly the part I like the least about that game. Um, I think you've got a point about town building and I definitely think that's one of its strengths. But I'll also say that if we're going to bring historical importance in, I love this game, but nobody else seems to see what we see in it because Minecraft won the race a long time ago. And I, I just struggled to as much as I love dragon quest builders, the game, 
I don't know that I see Dragon Quest the Builders or Dragon Quest Builders the RPG holding up against 25 other RPGs. That's fair. I just have to get it out there. Can I throw in a, a shotgun blast of RPGs really quickly? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baldur's Gate 2, Planescape Torment, and Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, two of those were on the original top 25. Two of those are considered by CRPG fans to be mm-hmm. just the... I mean, Planescape Torment is one of the best written RPGs ever. Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. 2 is probably one of the defining Bioware RPGs. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to rise in esteem again when Baldur's Gate 3 comes out. And then Divinity Original Sin 2 is a platonic. I mean, it made Larian what it mm-hmm. is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is one of the top examples of the Kickstarter era. And it's an amazing co-op RPG. I think all three of those can reasonably go on this list. I'm with you on DOS 2. I'm maybe on Planescape. And I'm not with you on Baldur's Gate 2. I don't think Baldur's Gate 2 has aged well. I, I, I just genuinely think that's an example of a game that has been outaged. And if I was going to pick a like, it's better than KOTOR. Era, I'd rather play it than KOTOR. I, I don't know. I think I'd rather play KOTOR. Because <laughs> Baldur's Gate 2 is just so much bigger than KOTOR. I think if I want to play a D&D CRPG, I'm going to Planescape every time. And and granted, it's a little bit different because Planescape is a very different style of CRPG. It's a lot more focused on the writing and the storytelling. It's not the like, we're going to go on an adventuring quest together. And I, yeah, when Baldur's Gate 3 comes out, no video game on this list has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I, well, I don't know. That's it's, an entirely think, different conversation, honestly. I think Baldur's Gate 2 is going to suffer from the same thing that like Fallout 1 suffers from, which is that it was hugely influential for its time. But that concept, while it was the innovator at the time, has now been iterated on so much that it feels old. It it feels not as good to play anymore. And I, I do think that if we're going to examine a game in the modern context, we do have to take that into account, which is like, Yes, this was important at the time, but we've reinvented the wheel and we made the tire and the tire is a lot more effective at what we want it to do. I, Jason Wilson's going to kick down our door and start. Oh, I know. At I us. can hear him coming down the street right now. But I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> I, I do think it is important to represent a classic CRPG on this list. And so that's why For I'm sure, leaning yeah. towards a Planescape Torment on this yeah. list. And I'd even say that, like, I'd rather put Planescape on than KOTOR, but uh, and I think DOS 2 absolutely belongs on this list. I think DOS 2 is the perfect example of a modern CRPG. It is is an excellent video game, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not including it. That's only because I've there were a lot of games that I felt unqualified to put forward because I've only spent single digit hours with it. But DOS 2 is a game that, again, like Dragon Quest 11, I've spent a short amount of time with it. But I can absolutely say like what I spent time with was was good stuff. It was quality stuff right there. Here's why we should put play. Here's why we should put Kotor on this list. Mm-hmm. It's the best Star Wars game. It's, is that, is that I mean, a low bar? Maybe a guess Star I... Wars game that's better than it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking through every Star Wars game. I say this is a Tie Fighter stand. Kotor is better. I I really like the original Battlefront Two. Uh nah. Uh, Battlefront Two is a. It was very good, but. I don't know. I would not put it above KOTOR. 
you want to talk about some empires at war you want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think uh in terms of influence and i mean in terms of influence it's still fun to play it does such an amazing job of capturing the star wars universe great story yeah uh, very memorable companions really put bioware on the map like i think there's so many reasons to put kotor on this list so so let's say let's say dos 2 and planescape are on the maybe column how do we feel about Baldur's gate do we want to do we want to ask that one do we want to talk about it later like i'm fine with putting divinity and planescape on this list along with kotor no i'm saying we move them on to the the maybe side just so we can start to like move through games that we have on this one list sure. section yeah the divinity and uh, planescape they're on the maybes there we're eventually going to have to address the maybes i think i think what we're doing right yeah. now is saying oh, like, that's why i was kinda, that's what it. i was trying to do i was like well we should put kotor on here yeah let me let me trot out a few of my darlings and slaughter them for the listeners <laughs> um i think we've made a good case why dark souls doesn't make it over elden ring so mm-hmm. i think we just let it go right now. I've said my piece about why I like Dark Souls quite a bit. Um, I love Final Fantasy X. I'm about to host a Pantheon on Final Fantasy X in which I will gush endlessly about Final Fantasy X as a quality RPG and an incredible hallmark of that series. However, I don't know if it makes a top 25 for me against a lot of these competitors. So I might have to let that darling go. I don't know if that's a hill I want to spin all my my chips on. However, I will say after those two, Nier Automata at least needs to be on the maybes. Nier Automata is an absolutely stellar game. Question. Is Nier Automata enough of an RPG? Because it's such a weird shotgun blast of different genres. I think the. I think it's not apparent at first how much of an rpg is i i think if you just played ending a and by the way please play more than ending a i recently found out there was like (laughs) someone i I can't remember who but there was someone that i talked to that was like a a person who plays video games prominently and they thought ending a was the end of near automata and i was like oh my god please play more of that video i feel like there was a pop-up window that told you to keep playing the game tells you to play keep playing come Um, on and and they were like oh i just thought you know it was like an alternate ending i was like no it keeps going (laughs) and that keep going part is really critical because once you start playing as 9S and start dealing with the idea of the different chips that you can install and the different ways you can attack enemies, especially the different ways you can customize your pod and the different ways, because 9S is not a close combat fighter by any stretch of the imagination. He has to use his pod. He has to hack. And I think that's when you start getting into really cool concepts of what Platinum can do in the RPG space. So yes, it is a very heavy action game. I will say that. That being said, I mean, we're talking about Bloodborne on this list. We're talking about Elden Ring on this list. And Elden Ring has some RPG accoutrement, but it is an action game. It is an action RPG. And Nier, Nier Automata hits that same level of RPG-ness to me. I think and so, I yeah. Think does some really clever things with the ways in which it is an RPG, like having to deal with literal like hard drive storage space for your brain and how many chips you can install and slot in and out at different times. Uh, I love that stuff. And I think, obviously, its storytelling merits are apparent they're they're readily apparent so like it's it's a vibe it's it's a 
an incredible story. It's an incredible soundtrack. It's an incredible landscape. The character is so memorable. 2B, 9S, A2, all of them so, so good. Uh, so yeah, Near Automata is incredible. I think it's an okay. easy inclusion. Make quite a case, quite a case for it. You know, just looking at the maybe, I think Kotor, Divinity Original Sin 2, Planescape, and Near Automata can all go on. I was going to say, I have a... How many spots do we have that aren't taken up by already on the list? Like, how many open spots do we have on the top 25 yeah. right now? You have 15. Oh, a Dragon Quest will be in there, that's 16. And then if we add those three games, that's 19. We're We're up to 20. Once we add KOTOR, Divinity Original Sin 2, Planescape Torment, and Nier Automata. That's why I'm saying, like, how many games do we have on that maybe? And do we think that, like, KOTOR, Planescape, DOS 2, and Nier Automata beat every single other one of the games on that maybe list? Mm. There are nine games on the maybe list. And And we haven't uh, gone through the one-listers yet either. We still have many one-listers to go. There's a lot of one-listers I can easily, like, eliminate from my hand. I I still think Skyrim makes a case. I still think Skyrim makes a case. Yeah. I'm going to help a little bit in clearing out some of mine. Just like, so this looks Fallout, I don't think it's necessary for me to have for reasons that we talked about earlier. Um, World of Warcraft is a harder one for me, whether I'm going to keep it or not. I, I think we should keep Diablo 2 on here. Diablo 2, I think, is good to keep. Still very relevant, genre-defining amazing game honestly I think that a maybe <laughs> i still think final fantasy 5 should be there somewhere it's hard for me to because this is i can't believe i'm the one standing up here advocating for this game because it's not my favorite by a long shot but i understand what it means i understand what it means but i mean we're talking about like i think this is going to become apparent when we start whittling this list down is these games got to beat a lot of games to get on here. There are many, many games that are incredible RPGs, but are they hitting the top 25, the absolute essentials? Or are they games that do a few things incredibly well, which is how I'm segueing my way into. I got to I got to do it now. I love Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. It is probably one of my favorite tactics games ever made, but I don't know if I got the backing to push this one into a top 25. I also don't know that it meets all the criteria that we've set out for a top 25. Uh, I think devil survivor itself is very inner conflicted because one and two both make arguments for being the best version of those games. Uh, and I personally just like one more because I think the cast and the tone is more interesting, but I, I don't know if it makes that top 25. I don't know if it makes that cut. I don't think it does. And it's we got to start getting cool with killing some darlings. here. Yeah, we definitely do. Like I'll, I'll name a darling right now. I'm going to kill. And that's fantasy star four, which is a hard, hard one for me to do, but it's not the easiest game nowadays to recommend because gosh, I really wish that it had gotten a once over by M2, the way that the original fantasy star did. It would have been great. Probably would have been exactly what it needed. But when you have a game that like makes it actually very difficult to go through your inventory and say, what's this? What does it do? What does it even mean? I mean, it's an RPG. RPG kind of got to know what your healing items are and stuff like that. It's not very accessible, I suppose. And the the uh, random encounter rates are a little bit silly. But door explodes off its hinges. Shane Bettenhausen barges into this podcast. What have you Sorry, done? Shane. How dare you? No, I understand. It's still a fantastic game. I think its setting is 
quite unmatched for RPGs of the genre of the era. And for the Genesis, like if you wanted an RPG, this was pretty much where you're going to go. But yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. As, I as Eric Sega for Fantasy Star not being relevant anymore. How yeah, I was you, just saying that. My husband was playing Fantasy Star 2 just the other day, and he passed by someone. You can apparently buy these mods that literally put boobs on your boobs and butts on your butts. And I'm just looking at this person who built a character like that named Thick. And I'm like, this was a respectable franchise once. What happened here? R.I.P. Speaking of once respectable franchises, I vote that we not include WoW. Okay, yeah. Oh, we got to... Which, I think that WoW was an amazing MMO once, but... These days, it's coasting on fumes. I wonder and if the uh, expansion will help anything there. Put WoW yeah, Classic I think on Final the Fantasy fourteen <laughs> has surpassed it in so many ways. Very I think important. It ate its lunch. Genre defining, for sure. WoW Classic has a uh, kind of an almost an argument for being on this list, but also WoW Classic is like a nostalgia piece. It's sort of a curiosity, yeah. if anything. So, yeah, it's it's tough for me to put WoW on this list these days understandable yeah i think that goes um do we think we need more than one persona on this list i don't think so i'm speaking to the person playing persona 3 right now (laughs) (laughs) oh i love persona 3 so far yeah the thing i like about persona 3 it's been so long since i played it before this the thing i love Mm -hmm. about persona 3 first of all i love the cast Mm -hmm. i just love how tight it is compared to four and five Four and five feel so bloated by comparison. Three just mm. m- moves along. And that might be because I am just playing it day by day, so it doesn't feel like as much of a lift. Mm-hmm. Great mm-hmm. way to experience those games, by the way, is playing them day by day. Um, but do I think that Persona 3 and 5 need to go on there without an SMT? Nah. Okay. Um... We should talk about our wild cards, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to look next before we kill more darlings here. Um, I uh, I don't know if I'm ready to take Origins off yet, even though I do think we have better options for CRPGs on here. I do. I do th- I Man, do think- can you imagine putting DA Origins on over Baldur's Gate 2? Origins is really a good game, though. It's really very good. It, it, it does is. some incredible things. It's a pale copy of uh, Baldur's Gate 2. But it's such a tasty pale copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ew, ages. It's aged better, but it's also simpler. Yeah, I almost think the age is what kills it and makes it like the best candidate, even more so than Mass Effect One for like a complete retooling. Because I think that that game could incredibly shine if it just got a little bit of love. But I am not sure what to do with Final Fantasy Four. I've gone over my reasons for why I would like it in there, but. When you yeah. have Final Fantasy VI that are already, it's just kind of like, hey. Okay, uh, here's why I think we should keep four over five. Over five, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Or even yeah. seven. Hmm. Ooh. Controversial. Okay, let's hear it. Final Fantasy IV is amazing. It is. It did so much to define Final Fantasy as we know it to today. And it was a wellspring from which so many JRPG cliches sprang oh, in yes. a loving way. It has an incredible soundtrack. 
it has a wonderful world. Going to the moon rules. I love the moon. I don't care what anyone says. It's short and tight and fun. And the battle system is awesome. And it just cooks. It cooks in a way that like Final Fantasy V, which as brilliant as it is, I think is held back by the the grinding in some ways. And I just don't like the cast as much in five. I'm sorry. I love the cast in four. They're all amazing. And great villain. Great villain and uh, Goblez. It is mm, one of the two or three greatest back. Final Fantasies. And I think Final Fantasy VII is like neck and neck with it in so yeah. many ways. If you put a gun to my head and said, which one do you want to play? I would rather play four these days. Four and if you want to understand yeah. RPGs as a genre and where RPGs came from, Final Fantasy IV is still a banger. It's incredibly influential and it's still ref- uh, relevant to this day. Yeah. And it's still, as I say, very easy to play. It's actually a very good beginner RPG because uh, number one, it's extremely accessible thanks to the Pixel Remaster. Mm-hmm. Number two, as you say, it's on a more or less a straight line. You don't have to think very hard about your car- your party composition. It's all taken care of for you. Uh, the whole thing's over in about, I don't know, 30 hours at the very most, depending on how much you want to grind. Yeah, I can. I, I would definitely put it over five. Seven, as you say, it's extremely neck and neck. I would say seven meanders a bit and loses its focus quite easily. And the story, well, the whole translation, you know, the whole thing just doesn't come together as as well as four story does. So, yeah. Here's the difference between seven and four. Our community voted for seven. Ah, uh, uh, I mean, they're both great games. Yeah. Uh, well, I could... Dang it. We have agency here. Sorry, community. I think we should put Final Fantasy four on this list. I, what if both of them go in the maybes for now? Because yeah. again, I think both of them are competitors. And let me make one more bold suggestion here. Okay. As the person who nominated this game in the first place, I don't know if Seven Remake hangs in the top five. Because as much as I love what that game did for Final Fantasy Seven, and I am so thrilled to see what it continues to do, it's that last part that makes me not want to put it on a top 25. Because I think... If Square Enix keeps up the momentum, we'll be talking about FF7 Remake the way we were just talking about Mass Effect at the beginning of this podcast, where we're like, the whole thing all put together was this incredible package, and we can finally play it all in one place. Yeah. We don't have that yet. We just have a slice of the game. We just have the start of something that could be really incredible. And I do think 7 Remake holds up as an individual RPG on its own, but I don't know if it holds up as an individual RPG against some of the other RPGs we have on this list. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a hot second. FF7 remake has Aerith and Tifa. (laughs) You are correct. (laughs) And please, let's not forget Jesse as well. Come on. And Jesse. Oh my gosh. Final Fantasy VII remake redefined Final Fantasy VII and single-handedly elevated that RPG, in my opinion. It really did. Like, I, oh, you want to talk about a game that's more than the sum of its parts? That is a game that's more than the sum of its parts. I mean, it has so many wonderful and memorable moments that, but the actual like dungeon crawling sucks. Not good. (laughs) That's the big problem there. I'm going to take a shower after this. (laughs) The battle system is actually pretty fun and uh, a little bit mashy, but actually pretty smart, especially when you get into hard mode. 
It's actually mm-hmm. really fun mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. figure everything out. And oh my gosh, I, I love the Yuffie DLC. Oh, it's so good. Oh, the Yuffie DLC is very, very good. I actually stopped holding that. What's holding it out for me is that you're right. It's It ends on a cliffhanger. It's an incomplete work. And I want to wait before we put it on this list. Yeah, it would it would feel like putting Baldur's Gate three on this list, an RPG that I think is absolutely an incredible RPG, but it's only a piece of that RPG right right now. And I want to see what the whole thing is before I start to pick it apart and evaluate it. That being said, I still have played Baldur's Gate three a great deal, and I will absolutely continue to play the parts of Final Fantasy seven remake as they come out. Not wait until the end. I'm not (laughs) crazy. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But Trails in the Sky SC plus SC. Very <sighs> influential in its own way. Yeah. Part of a historically important franchise. And from an amazing RPG developer. And it has a great story. Like it's it's one of those games on this list that is super buoyed by its story. Because the rest of it is pretty ordinary. Like yeah. battle system, pretty ordinary. Uh exploration. Not that special, but people are so invested in the characters and everything, right? And the sprawling world that it creates. I'm not saying that it needs to have representation on this list, but it deserves a fair hearing, I think. I think the wall I hit with Trails, and so for context, I actually booted this game up the other night on my Steam Deck just to kind of like start it and see what it's like, because it is one of those... Ones I've never gotten around to. And the beginning of that game is painfully boring. It it's is really a lot slow to start. And, and now, yeah. that, and, and to be fair, a lot of RPGs are that way. But the, the recurring not thing Final I've Fantasy heard, 4. <laughs> not Final <laughs> Fantasy 4. Often, let me tell you about, oh, I can't wait for the weekly episode when we talk about how I'm suddenly a Final Fantasy 12 sicko. Uh, but um, I think the thing with with trails in the sky is I always hear it talked about in context of, Oh, but all the games put together, it's such a big sweeping story. And I hear good stuff about individual parts of it, but I don't know, even this entry that we have combines two full video games together. And I think it is just too big in a way. And and it being drawn out like that, you know, the way it just kind of gets spread like butter across a longer and longer and longer piece of bread means you start the butter's just getting thinner and thinner as it goes. And that's kind of my analogy for trails in the sky is that like, does that butter taste real good? And you're going to feel good about eating that giant piece of bread with the butter on it at the end. Yeah. But you start examining it and you're like, this piece of the bread could really use some more butter on it. I'm hungry right now. I didn't eat dinner before we did this. I'm regretting it. (laughs) The thing with Trails in the Sky, uh, uh, FC and SC, is that it, I think it hits with people in the same way that a long-running anime series hits with people. Yeah, it's a shounen anime. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You really just get invested in these characters, in this world. And it is a really fantastic latter-day JRPG. And... It is kind of second to none in terms of its actual world building and how deep it actually goes. Having said that, it is very slow. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those games where it's like, man, I really love this game. 
I don't know if I could recommend it to people. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. Trails in the Sky stands. I want to hear what you really like. Oh, one of the uh, one of the main characters made it quite far in our yeah. in our bracket. Yeah. I should mention our March Madness bracket. Trails in the Sky stands. Tell me why it should be in the top 25 RPGs of all time. I want to hear your opinions. But for like well more than two hours in to this, let's try and get a couple more onto this and then actually debate what should uh, try to get this list locked. Y'all, the ones that I'm seeing that are still remaining as a possibilities, Fire Emblem Three Houses, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Final so Fantasy Five. I think we kind one. of yeah. decided not to do it. Xenoblade Chronicles yeah. Two. I'm probably the only one who's going to stand up for Xenoblade Chronicles Two, so I understand why it would have to go into the pile. I'm 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 just still thinking about all the accents in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which oddly makes me want to vote for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. Uh, we we talked about Tactics Ogre. Are we are we kind of settled on Final Fantasy Tactics? I think feeling so. like our Matsuno represent representation. We can't let Matsuno get too powerful. Uh, <laughs> it's dangerous for the world. Um, I would still argue for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, how do we feel about Thirteen Sentinels? I would. I love that game to get to death. But if we're going to be disqualifying others for not being RPG-ish enough, I think that yeah. probably does not fit the bill. Can it's I rewind a, whole a bunch hot of second games. to Three Houses? Oh Here's yeah, I'm just I'm- trying. To- I'm trying to mm-hmm. knock more stuff off right now is what I'm doing before we get down into another into another slap fight over a game. Uh, I want to, but no, I want to talk about three houses. All right. All right. Yeah, I think so. All right. Here's why I wouldn't put three houses on this list. And I think out of all of the remaining games, it is the most credible game. Sorry, NetHack. I, I think no, I understand. Really I just interesting kind of curiosity, it but uh, yeah, I wouldn't put you on the list. Um, anymore <laughs> it was on the original <laughs> i don't want to play with you list. anymore i don't like you anymore <laughs> mm, <laughs> yeah, story oh. reference. uh fire emblem three houses is a wonderful rpg with a sprawling story and so many memorable characters that in its second half the school section becomes irrelevant and actually the tactics part of the game becomes a drag after a while and i there's a lot that I enjoyed about Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I really want them to make a sequel and refine it a lot. I think the reason why Three Houses at least hangs to the maybe round and and gets the esteemed honor of living through one round is. I think it highly depends on what route you take in terms of what those those tactical yeah, battles look sure. like, because um, I enjoyed the second half of, of that game as much but i was on the golden deer route which is like kind of a it has a well-rounded ending to that game that i think is honestly probably my favorite ending of that game um and i also think it's like you said it is so full of characters that are incredibly memorable i think it's honestly one of the best casts that we have on the on the list all put together Mm -hmm. uh, with extremely memorable characters that you would literally fight and die for (laughs) in a fire emblem battle uh i think what it does with the class system is especially nice i like how uh freely modifiable so many of those characters are having gone back and played at game boy advance fire emblem recently one thing that was kind of bugging me the whole time was like oh these characters are very locked into what they do 
And Fire Emblem Three Houses opens that freedom up a little bit by having you be able to teach them different classes. And yes, they have proficiencies and will have ways they lean. But even within that, you can start to develop different flavors of that. They did a great job at making that class system feel very open and very interesting and, and thus making every unit feel very personalized. Uh, and honestly, one thing I love the most about Fire Emblem Three Houses, which might be controversial, is that it doesn't have a golden route. It does not say you get the the good path because you you got the true end. Good job. You everybody's happy. No, you're going to mm-hmm. have to murder people in this game. That's this true. started out a game about murder. It's going to end a game about That's murder. what I like about that, actually. Yeah, uh, it's great. I love it. And I've I've gone back and forth on that so many times. I even wondered if the, the DLC was going to add it. And I think I came to a point where I was like, no, I like that you have to choose a faction and this world is never going to be fully. That's right. There's healed. DLC with like the sewer wolves or something. Let me tell you about the basement goths are great. <laughs> I love them. Sewer they wolves. rule. They added more romance options, especially more um, same same gender romance options, which is also very good. Uh, it is a fire home that has multiple same gender romance options. Not a ton, but they're there. <laughs> and uh, I think overall it is just the most cornucopia fire emblem. I, there is some valid, I think concern about how difficult of a game it is and whether it has that traditional fire emblem feeling of really tough tactical battles where you could lose someone in an instant. But I also think that fire emblem is a game that when you lost somebody to a random Myrmidon crit, you were resetting that game anyways. You weren't going to let that map roll through. So really just made its peace with that over time uh, and became more of the, honestly rpg with a side of tactics rather than tactics with a side of rpg and i i like it for that i think it's smart to do that so um that's my argument why i don't think it gets cut yet yeah i'm definitely on board the maybes is three houses on the chopping block yes but i think it outlives some of the other games that are here right now Speaking of the maybe list, I think it is now time. We have 13 RPGs and only 10 slots. It is time now to choose which 10 RPGs go in those slots. And I think we already agreed that a Dragon Quest should go on there, so which one? Do we want to put DQ11 or DQ5? Do we want to do only one? Do we feel like there can be more than one? Which one do we definitely feel should be on there? I... I want to say 11. I want to say 11. I was especially 11s, the remade version yeah. for this. That they added it's so, so much content. It's so good. It's just good. It's a good good if game. If Persona 5 is the best RPG to come out, the best JRPG to come out in the past 10 years, then DQ11 is the second best. I think so. It's, it's certainly up there. And 5 as much as I adore 5, I feel like 5 has a very slow start. Oh, I don't agree, actually. I think 5 has an amazing start. Oh, I, I love just it find, so much. I always find that I'm oh, just like spending such a, great a lot of job time establishing in the, in the castle such a gr- with Bianca. It's setting, it's establishing the setting is so much fun. Exploring that castle with Bianca is wonderful. It is. I was getting my ass kicked. Also, did we decide that Baldur's Gate 2 was a maybe? I thought Baldur's Gate 2 was still a maybe. Oh, I thought we had discounted it. Okay. And I, was just, I, I thought was we asking. were out on it. I... Okay. I do think that Planescape Tournament should go on here. 
I do. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm so. I want that, that classic CRPG that. representation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think that, are, are we all on board with Final Fantasy IV? I am. I, am I think too. a compelling case has been made. Yep. Woo-hoo. Final Fantasy IV is on here. Uh, I think that, I think there is a compelling case to put Diablo II on here. We haven't really talked about it. I would say for sure Diablo game, of course, but I just know three best, you know, better than any other ones. And I'm assuming two, two is, is probably better than three. I, I like two more than three. Two is two has the isometric action or clicky RP, action RPG to which yeah. all isometric clicky action RPGs aspire. Yeah, That's fair. for sure. Then it should be on there. I agree. Yeah. There's just something about it. I I think it's a contender. I don't know if I think it's a very bottom of the list contender. I think that's my thing with it, as I think it's one of the more borderline people games. People have been on this playing list. it for twenty years, Eric. People, <laughs> but people still many, love that game how many people so are much. Playing it now, like Diablo Two Resurrected, did not set the world ablaze. And granted, there are like contextual reasons for why. Yeah, is, but I would I, I would actually say people complained about the servers, justifiably, but as an actual game which is by the way is still being updated i which think is that weird, is and a i don't great think they remake. should do that but i played a lot of resurrected and i really enjoyed it actually uh I, they did a fantastic job of keeping too. the feel of diablo 2 while also like modernizing it in my opinion i i am just also having trouble with the obvious asterisk of activision blizzard on here yeah and of course that yeah. is what keeps tugging at the back of my head i it hangs I just don't know that I would put it. I, can we, I just can point out that the but, company that the people who made Diablo two are long gone from Blizzard? I know, but I'm not going to penalize a game that was made 20 years ago because it's like of, you're eating in a restaurant. And you got told they violated the health code like five years ago. <laughs> like, is it five years ago? Yeah. But are you looking at your food a little bit different? Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I think Diablo 2 has to be on this list while also acknowledging that Activision Blizzard is a toxic cesspit. Yes. Yes. Okay. We've acknowledged um, this thing. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, you know what? Rip the bandaid off. Just put Skyrim on the list. <laughs> Skyrim we'll talk about, We'll talk about placement. That's why I'm saving my energy for placement is what we're doing here. I know what battles I want to fight. <laughs> I think we should put KOTOR on here. I think KOTOR makes the list. What are, what are we up to now? We're at 21. One. That leaves Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, Dragon Quest V, Valkyrie Profile. Oh, we decided Divinity Original Sin 2 should be on here. Oh, right. Yeah. So we're at 22 now. So only three more of these games get on the list. Right. And I think that I said my piece about three houses and I'm okay with cutting three houses now. That's fair. Yeah, uh, I agree. If we were making a tactical RPG list, ooh, exactly. We're not it out, but the, out of the three t- game, out of the games remaining on this list, the ones that I like the most are final fantasy seven Valkyrie profile and DQ five. <laughs> I would be fine though with near automata going over Valkyrie profile. I'm just glad the Valkyrie profile made it this I, far. I actually have a problem now with Nier as the person who just fought for it. I have been thinking more and more if we're going to really hold games to the candle on being RPG enough. I do think Nier Automata 
at this point does start to falter compared to its competition. Did it beat out a bunch of other games to get here? Yes. Mm. Is it clearing the hurdle to get onto the list? I don't know. So I think we should put DQ five on here because having two DQs does not strike me as bad given how defining Dragon Quest is. And having like classic Dragon yeah. Quest and new Dragon Quest feels okay to me. I think you're right. Yeah. I think when you think of Dragon Quest in terms of that classic versus new and they're both very like the thing about Dragon Quest is each one gives you kind of a different experience, a different mechanic that revolves around. And five is the Pokemon thing. And uh, 11 is, as you say, kind of the nostalgia and taking all that and really running with it and polishing it to a sheen. So I think they're both very different. It, it, I can't say to someone, play this game over that one. Like, it, it, I just find it very difficult to do. So we get two more. And of the four remaining, I can make a case for any of them. Who's remaining? I I really don't think we can make a list without Final Fantasy VII on it. I think seven should be on there. I don't feel comfortable cutting seven entirely. Um, can I just point out that we have, that will be four Final Fantasy, five That'll Final Fantasies. five Final Fantasies <laughs> if we count Tic Tacs, yeah. Oh, oh, right. I'm okay. Final Fantasy VII is influential. But I many people have said that it doesn't necessarily hold up. Hmm. It's still mm-hmm, modern, mm-hmm. Rebel, still relevant, still historically great, still does amazing things. And also what may put it over the top is just that our audience really wants us to put it on here because it was one of the top five. I just I think it's relevance is really hard to overlook. It It is like it's historical impact is really hard to understate, honestly. Yeah. And it's still Even fun it, to play, honestly, especially yeah. with the I, play, I fire it up every once in a while. I play it. Yeah. Shorter than you think. It is, isn't it? When you're a kid, you're like, wow. And when you're an adult, like, oh, God, this took two seconds. So many Final Fantasies, though. I know, it's great. I'm like, I see the other three games on here, and I'm almost like, do I want to put Baldur's Gate 2 on over those other three games? (laughs) I'd be fine with putting Baldur's Gate 2 on there. I I am at that point. The enhanced edition really holds up. Come on, let's put Baldur's Gate 2 on here. Just a little bit of Baldur's Gate for a Surprise. treat. <laughs> Resurrected from the dead. Jason Wilson's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's I, going that's on? What I, that's what I'm saying is I needed to look at the side by side to like really just get so. And then if we add seven, that's our 25. Wait, so, wait, wait. Unless we're not adding seven. Paper Mario or Valkyrie Profile? I would want. I, I, if I, I if think, it came down to seven I versus think we thousand should put Paper door. Mario on there. Oh, now you think that, huh? I was fighting tooth and Were nail. Were you just like telling me? A- <laughs> I was fighting tooth and nail against anybody it. who likes Paper Mario is a stinky doo doo head. Like, and then you're just like, let's put it on the list. Or I would, I know of the four games on there, I think. All right, fine. Final Fantasy Seven. I, if I had to make the choice, I would put Seven just because right. of that influence. Like, there's nothing like it. I'm sorry. The Final Fantasy series is a good series of video games. Turns Can't out, do much about that. Turns out what it comes down to. Influential yeah. RPGs. Some yeah. might say. Some you know, I, say. I look at this list of 25 and I'm like, yeah, what a list. You That's know, a list. Bangers right all. Including Skyrim. So, See you all uh, in five years. Yeah. Like, no, we're just, not done so, yet. <laughs> here's yeah, our list. Here's our list of 25. Final Fantasy 14, Undertale, Persona 5 Royal, Fallout New Vegas, Suikoden 2, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 6, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Earthbound, Pokemon Gen 2, Witcher 3, Disco Elysium, 
Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines, FF Tactics, Elden Ring, DQ11, Planescape Torment, FF4, Diablo 2, Skyrim, KOTOR, Divinity Original Sin 2, DQ5, Baldur's Gate 2, FF7. I feel very comfortable with it's all a of really those. Good yeah, that's a good list. A really that's a great list. list right there. Some good cuts, too. Like, there's a lot of, I think, you know, stuff that's expected in some ways, but I like some of the places where we put some cuts in, especially for like ones that we were advocating for personally. Let's figure out the placement and let's try and not spend another three hours on this. All right. Final Fantasy 14, high, medium, low. Oh, 14 high. High. That's a I top think 10 medium, in my opinion. honestly, but I'm uh, biased. Let, let's I'm trust biased the experience against, uh, of the people who have like hundreds of hours in the game just on this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll let's, right, listen to fine. the people who have Stockholm Syndrome. Fine. Undertale? High. I'd put that pretty high. I Keep think that's not I think medium. I think Keep. medium to low, honestly. I think medium, but not low. Uh, mid to low. Um, Fallout New Vegas, that, I mean high. Mid, high, high. Very high. Like top five high. Yeah. Sweeten in two. I think high. high. Or maybe high. Mid, mid, maybe medium, honestly. Maybe like high mid. Let's call it high, high mid, mid, definitely. High mid. Chrono Trigger, high. 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 FF6, high mid? High, high mid. mid, yeah. Mass Effect Legendary Edition feels like another high mid. Yeah, I maybe put it more mid. Maybe more of a mid because we're talking a little bit about like, yeah, but like, like if you take it as a totality, like it holds up. It's so important. It's such a great RPG series, mm-hmm. but there's so much to critique about it. I'm okay with either high mid or mid. I let's say with mid. I have I have a personal idea of where I would put that game, but I won't say the number out loud yet. Earthbound, I, I think mid. Mid, like, yeah, I'd, I'd amazingly influential, yeah. but there are parts of it that are, are kind of aged. Mm-hmm. Even mid to low, I would argue in some ways. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Is. Like I said, it has a very difficult start. Uh, Pokemon Gen two, I would put low. Yeah, mid or low. Yeah, mid low. Like we'd say mid low or low. I'd say mid low. Uh, I do th- like I do think a Pokemon RPG is a good RPG, but I oh, absolutely yeah. But this is a list of the best. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are three? Uh, I, I want to say high mid. mid. I I go mid, middle of the pack for me. I mean, we are talking about one of the defining PC RPGs of the past uh, seven years. Still holds up. High mid then. High mid. I think high mid. Uh, I think Disco Elysium should be high. High. Yeah. High. High. So. High. <laughs> high. 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 I agree. Higher than Snoop. Uh, number one. Into Elysium. Bloodlines, I, th- I think it has low. to be low, man. Put in low. I, look, it's on <laughs> no the list. Hesitation. I'm happy. He knows what it's I, about. I, I think tactics. Pick my um, battles. <laughs> I think tactics is mid-low, just because of uh, how rough yeah, it can be. Yeah, I'd put that. it there. People might that. throw things at me, but i put it there. Sorry. Elden Ring, problems. I think mid, just because as much as I love it, and I think it can go up over time, I'm not uh, really but it's it still a work in progress. We're still kind of figuring that one's legacy out. Yeah, it still runs like butt on my PC for some reason. Not that like that's the whole reason I'm bitter about it, but it does run like butt on my PC. And my that's PC why I need a PlayStation powerful. Five, son. 
You I need to play the PS4 5. version on PS5. P- <laughs> Get that 60 FPS going. That's what, That's I'm, what I'm talking about. FromSoft make a 60 FPS game challenge. <laughs> uh, let's say mid-low for Elden Ring. As much as I, I love I'm it. Cool I, with, I'm cool with mid to mid-low. I, either one of those yeah. is fine with me. DQ11 feels like the definition of mid to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle of the pack um, for sure. Planescape Torment. Uh, high mid maybe. Oh, I'm on low. Mid? Mid-low? Mid-low, maybe. I Again, old. I think that is a case of a game that has rosy moments, but also rosy glasses looking at it. So, Final Fantasy IV, uh, I think that's a mid. Yeah, mid, a mid. To, I'd even say mid to low, but yeah. Yeah. Diablo II. Mid-low. Uh, mid, mid? Mid? Just mid? Mm, just mid. Uh, Skyrim. Low. <laughs> if it has to be low, I'll put it low. low. I just want it there. I don't care. <laughs> I think that's number 25. I think Skyrim is 25. Okay, low. I think that's fair. <laughs> like, look, I, it's it's great. I think it should be at the bottom of the list. Uh, KOTOR. Uh, I it's another mid. I think that's mid another to low. mid to mid low, yeah. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, very mid. I think that's a I think that's a right down the middle mid like number 15, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good number 15 right there. <laughs> Just lock it in now. <laughs> DQ five. I think that's high mid. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, it's so good. So good. Y'all y'all are selling me on it. Is, is oh, you got to play thing. it for sure, like, dude. You got like, like I have a backlog coming out of this that is is mainly just sweet it in two and big glittery letters but like dragon quest 5 is like also featuring dragon quest 5 <laughs> sweet it in two featuring dragon quest 5 that's a yeah. good day right there yeah. Baldur's gate 2 i think that's a low i think i don't think that rises too high once we get down into it and ff7 it's a low i think yeah, mid low i'd say mid low mid low all right so at least we have our really? 25 already <laughs> and our 15. Yeah, I mean, that was easy. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Yay. Why, why don't we start with our... Do we want to start at the top or at the bottom? We should probably start at the bottom. Start bottom, at the yeah, bottom. There were a lot of highs up at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gen 2, like 24, maybe. That's doable. Mm-hmm. I love Gen 2. It's it's a wonderful game. Very yeah. defining in so many ways, but I'm perfectly fine with it, like at number 24. Pretty much, yeah. Can we make 23 Baldur's Gate? Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I'm trying to organize it so that Vampire is King of the Lows, which I feel is very fitting for <laughs> Vampire the, the Masquerade lows. Bloodlines. <laughs> King think, of the Lows. <laughs> I think Bloodlines is actually more relevant than Baldur's Gate 2 these days. Uh, so um, I'm okay with it, putting it just above Baldur's Gate 2. That's all the lows taken care of. Yeah. So now now mid the, the mid-lows. Yeah. Um, hmm, I think... So there's Earthbound, Persona 5 Royal, I think Final Persona Fantasy Tactics, Elden Ring, KOTOR, FS7. KOTOR is a good... I think KOTOR is a... 20, good, maybe not a 21, 21? but a 20. Yeah. Oh, I Kotor was thinking like, like 21 or I don't know. Like, I think we should put FF7 at 21 and then Kotor at like 20. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking is KOTOR at 20 feels very right. I think Tactics should be the king of the mid-lows. <laughs> Blame yourself for God. Where do how do we hmm, hmm. where do we, where do we think Earthbound falls in this? Do we think Earthbound's like a nineteen? I think that I think Elden Ring is nineteen. I think Elden Ring's nineteen. Okay, yeah, mm. like I said, it's still a work in progress in many ways. You, it deserves you, to be you on would the list. Put Earthbound but... over Elden Ring. Yeah. Okay. I love Elden Ring. Oh my gosh, it's going to uh-huh. be up there one day. It's going to be in the top five. Yeah, I, I guess I see where you're coming from on that one. Um, do you like Planescape more than Earthbound? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say I would say Planescape at like Planescape or four at 17 and then tactics climbing up a little bit. Hmm. Because because of the mid lows, we've got if we don't count the tactics one that just got locked in, it would be tactics, torment, Final Fantasy four, Persona five Royal. Uh, right now I have Earthbound at 18 and then tactics at 17. Uh huh. And then I think Persona 5 Royal should be above uh, above both those games. I think so. No, no, I disagree, actually. Um, I think Royal should be... uh, See, I think Royal should be 18. Yeah, yeah. I like that a little bit more. All right. Royal at 18. Royal 18. Earthbound. Earthbound at like 17. 17. And Tactics at 16. 16, yeah. And we already have Divinity Original Sin at 15. Which honestly, um, no, no, that feels fine. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's it's a good. 15. And we got FF4 and Planescape Torment. I, yeah. I think that we should put a uh, Planescape Torment at 14 and uh, Final Fantasy 4 at 13. I like that. I'm just surprised. I'm glad Final Fantasy 4 just hung on. Wild like, card it, coming back from the dead. Yeah, it is Seven. that like you sold it with like the. It is the quintessential RPG. It is the one you think of when you think of a classic Super Nintendo RPG. Yeah, it very much is. Yep. Uh, I would put Diablo 2's at 12. I'm okay with putting it there. That feels high for Diablo 2 to me, honestly. Uh, we, can, we can shift it. I, I just want to yeah. keep Yeah, like, no, I'm just I'm thinking in my head, yeah. Um, okay, so we're up to high mids now. I think, uh, and we want to be thoughtful about what our top 10 looks like so mm-hmm. yeah what uh, do you think about 11 for dragon quest 11 it feels like it a fitting number yeah, yeah. So wait a minute work. do we want to put 11 over five? Ooh, yeah Oof. i think we should i think we should put 11 11 over five, five so then five yeah. and 11 and then let yeah. 11 break into the top 10 yeah i think so yep yep i i like this i like that dq5 and dq11 are right there right next to each other i agree feels right i had them right next to each other on my own list as well oh they're buddies okay now we have our top 10 and i think it's a great top 10 mm-hmm. um i would put speaking in two at nine okay uh and then after this it's like okay uh, yeah, final fantasy six at eight teeth. yeah which are three at seven and then uh we have disco elysium chrono trigger Fallout New Vegas, which we said would be a top five. Undertale, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'd almost say six feels very low, but I mean we can we can revisit this in a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chrono so Trigger feel- is still my number one. So, I so don't know okay, guys- here's my case for Fallout New Vegas being number one. I think it's the perfect RPG. It 
has does such an incredible job with its individual factions. I love the progression of the way that you play that game, where you're meant to start with the NCR, the New California Republic, and then you become disillusioned as time goes on with the NCR, and you eventually join Mr. House, and then you become disillusioned with Mr. House as well, and then eventually you go independent, or you can go full sicko and join Caesar's Legion, right? There are like a lot of different interesting options going on there. The the modding is second to none. It has become <laughs> Obsidian did Obsidian did the Bethesda RPG better than Bethesda ever did. Yeah. In so mm. many ways. And there's a simp- there's a what was it? Uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes to have Fallout New Vegas at number one and Skyrim at number twenty-five. <laughs> I would agree with you. And I think it does come back to the factions. Like I think about how every faction in that game is so fleshed out. Like Caesar is a bad person, but you have to engage with why he's a bad person because he will make a point about why he does things the way he does things. And he's going to actually like force you to confront why you think that's a bad thing. I think it's skill system is better than most other Bethesda RPGs. I think, you actually get to use things like medicine and science and, and dialogue and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, I and love what an Fallout incredible Vegas. world to explore how they did such oh, an incredible yeah. job with the Mave is incredible. And the DLC yeah. is fantastic. Some incredible oh, so much good DLC. Oh my God. Yeah. And it feels like an ode to the end of black Isle studios in so many ways. Cause of the yeah. folks who worked on it. Yeah, yeah. I just think it should be number one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm there. Nadia, are you going to argue Chrono Trigger over it? Because, I mean, Chrono Trigger is an amazing game. It's hard to refute because it's just, for a lot of the reasons I love Chrono Trigger, you've listed them for Fallout New Vegas. And so to me, even if it's like one ahead on the list, it's hardly saying, oh, Chrono Trigger sucks. You know what I mean? It's perfectly fine for me to have it at number one. Chrono Trigger is an amazing game. What do you want? Kind of. It's hard to, it's hard to call it anything else. Like, I'm sure that'll be number two. Unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean it's I'm by cool degrees, right? I would put I would put Chrono Trigger at two. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, Easy. I think that's absolutely the case. So follow New Vegas at one and Chrono Trigger at two. I'm gonna move that Disco Elysium be number six. Okay, I think it's interesting. I think it's an absolutely incredible game. I just I'm looking at the other games that are in the top five, and I'm not sure it. I want Mass Effect Legendary Edition at six. For one thing, we had it at mid and we forgot to rank it. No, we did not (laughs) forget because I kept thinking as we went through each game, I was like, would I put Mass Effect over this? And I was going like, yeah, I'd put Mass Effect over this. And that's the thing is, honestly, where originally I was like grouping all the Mass Effects together means we got to consider all their drawbacks together. But there is nothing like Mass Effect. I no. I have looked and I have been found wanting every time. There is nothing Eric, like there's nothing Mass like Effect. Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium redefined our Planescape Torments like Disco Elysium. I don't agree. Actually, I think Disco Elysium. Um, to, yeah, okay, I think Disco Elysium did Planescape Torment better than Planescape Torment ever did. Oh, I agree with you hundred percent. Has one of the greatest, two of the greatest RPG protagonists ever. Um, it's like an amazing world, like. Planescape Torment, great, very distinct RPG in the way that uh, it's very macabre, which I really like. But Disco Elysium, one of the most distinct worlds I've ever seen in RPG. Such a 
very particular viewpoint that I love. Uh, I've never played anything like it, and I think it should be in the top five. How do we feel about Undertale in 14, then? Uh, I would put 14 over Undertale. At all. I, um, I can't. You two are the, I defer to you two on 14. That's your, that's your baby. Cause I, I'm just trying to think of we're at a, we're at an impasse where like one of these games is not going to get into the top five. Right. So right. we have to look at, we've got one and two locked in. So between final fantasy 14 undertale mass effect, legendary edition and disco Elysium, which one of those is not a top five game. And mass effect. there, I mean, or I, I would argue undertale maybe. That's that's uh, honestly because where I'm Mass Effect I yeah. think is more important than Undertale. I was gonna I mean, say Undertale, Undertale just because pretty goddamn important though. It's extremely important. We're but... talking about six of the greatest RPGs of all, of all time. There, I know there's I'm a reason they're on this trouble. list. And I Undertale, put, I put Undertale as number one because I'm a sap. <laughs> but... Yeah. but the thing with Undertale is I played through it and I'll never really want to play through it again. I have played through it twice. And for a second time, the impact was greatly diminished because it's a whole experience that is one of those games you wish you could go back and play again for the first time yes. because it has that kind yeah. of impact on you. Whereas something like 14, it never stops. The story is always, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish I could do Endwalker all over again because it was just such an emotional impact. But there's always something going on in 14. The stories are consistently great. The jobs are consistently great. The music's fantastic. Graphics are great as well. It's just, uh, I think it it honors everything that Final Fantasy is about and will yeah. be about and has been about. And it does it so well. It's not cheap nostalgia. It is not cheap nostalgia in the least. It actually implements its ideas and gives it a twist that's always unique and always interesting but it's still, yes, admittedly a lot of fun to look at that opening movie and say, oh, cool, they're fighting with Magitek armor. I mean, that's a thrill in itself as well. As someone who admittedly doesn't have as much Final Fantasy nostalgia as, as y'all probably have, because I've only played, you know, I've played comparatively less of the Final Fantasy series than y'all have. Um, just the world that 14 builds is is incredible. And the way it keeps building up over time and never feels like it's letting any part of that fall to the wayside on the way there and sure like connie senna does not play a major role in the events of shadow bringers or anything like that but <laughs> like the the ending of shadow bringers might be one of the best things i've ever played in a video game yeah it owns, exactly. it unequivocally owns it is so good and but I feel that same way about the true pacifist ending of Undertale. And I feel that same way about the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Disco Elysium and the ending where you finally see the cryptid and all that. Like, I can, I can be, hmm. I'm somewhere between Undertale and Mass Effect for the number six spot. I think Disco Elysium makes a case for top five. I'm somewhere between Undertale or Mass Effect for the sixth spot. I would rather Mass Effect be in the top five. Undertale stands on its own, but it's almost like a party trick in that it is there to subvert your expectations of what an RPG is and deconstruct the RPG genre. And I think that's really cool it's a really cool commentary on the rpg genre 
in general. And of course, you know, megalovania, memorable characters and everything. You can't deny it and everything. But when I look at, when I think, uh, when I look at the rest of the five games on this list, I'm like, they're not quite so aligned to undoing a bit. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, I, I think, redefined how we think about MMORPGs. I think Disco Elite, like, it just did MMORPG better than any MMORPG has done in 20 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And it said, hey, here's an idea. Let's make an MMO that's not just about effing raids. It has, here's an, let's make an MMO that is not cynical that treats its players in good faith that is just sets out to tell a banger of a story and create an incredible world and it just keeps building and building and building if in terms of amusement park our mmos like final fantasy 14 is what we want and then continuing on down the list you know mass effect legendary edition no no rpg like it in terms of like how it handled its storytelling in this trilogy and it's beloved for a reason. And if Baldur's Gate 2 and KOTOR put Bioware on the map, then Mass Effect elevated it. Yeah. Ma- into the stratosphere. Bioware the Mass Effect studio for sure. And I, yeah, I and do then Disco Elysium this- again did Planescape Torment, one of the greatest RPGs ever made, better than Planescape Torment. <laughs> yeah. And even that feels like I feel bad for making that comparison now because like I think it's an incredible detective game. I think it's an incredible ta- tabletop style role playing game. I think the entire system of the thought cabinet and your different emotions and vices all acting as party members essentially that are talking in your head at all times and the constant dice rolling and checks that are happening are just so innovative and so interesting. And the writing is incredibly top notch. The world is gorgeous. The soundtrack doesn't get enough love when you walk outside and you hear that trumpet in the distance. Oh, every time. Yeah, it is a lot of just personal love for Undertale and what Undertale represents this like endless optimism in the face of nihilism, this decision to keep hoping for hope and fighting against determination uh, and, and like just there's so much emotion, raw emotion in Undertale but but mass effect like defined an entire console generation in my opinion so yeah yeah okay undertale six sorry sons don't kill number one in my heart (laughs) number six on this list i think and then mass Mass effect Effect should be at number five yeah and then i'd I'd 14 or disco elysium at uh at four i'd say disco elysium four 14 i would three yeah Ooh, ooh. i don't know here's the only reason that i would put disco elysium over final fantasy 14 disco elysium is new final fantasy 14 is old final fantasy 14 is so reliant on nostalgia and plays so it's hard not. on nostalgia. but it's not it's though it does an incredible you, job it's of not it, it doesn't it Kat, doesn't... I pro- I don't know where you got this from, but it's not reliant on nostalgia. I promise you, it is. It is not a from someone who doesn't have nostalgia for any of this shit. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah. Like, did I get excited when Shiva showed up and did the snap? Like, of course I did. But I don't know anything about Magitek armor or 
Without getting into too much into spoiler territory, the further you get with the expansions, the less and less it goes anywhere near nostalgia, except in the barest sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it uses yeah, it for like I, cosmetic accoutrement, but it's not part of the. I, I the bow mean to you, of this game. to you too, and to the millions upon millions of Final Fantasy fourteen players <laughs> who adore this game, like beyond all reason. Um, I w- I am happy to put Final Fantasy fourteen at number three as the defining MMORPG or one of the defining online games period of the past like several years and. We'll put Disco Elysium at four. And I, I'm just glad I got Disco Elysium into the top five. That's, that was oh, my Oh, absolutely. Goal. Absolutely yeah. deserving of the spot. Disco Elysium is an incredible video game. Okay. And before uh, we lock the list, are there any that we want to move? I, you know, I honestly them? feel reasonably okay about this, about the placement of all of these games for the there most part. There comes a point where after you get to the, the number 10, there it's like numbers just become jumbles to me. So we, Yeah, the middle part of momentary. the list is always a little bit, you know, questionable. Diablo 2 feels way too high to me. I don't agree. I think at least four should be over it. I don't agree. And also Planescape. I think Diablo 2 has stood the test of time and it's wildly influential i just i don't think it i don't think it sits higher i mean look at the the original list had it at like in the 20s right like it's i i think it is it earned its spot in the top 25 for sure i just i think four makes a better case and i think i i see it at four or 14 below four and planescape torment okay that's fine (laughs) i'm not gonna fight you on this I think Tactics should be of Divinity Original Sin 2. I'm cool with that. You cool with that, Nadia? Yep, that's fine. Do you feel good about where 7 is, landing at that 21 spot? Yeah, I feel good about it. I think so, considering it almost didn't make the cut at all. Yeah. Do you feel good about where Earthbound is? Where is it again? It's at 17. I think so. Above P5 Royal, below DOS 2. Mm. I'd rather play P5 Royal than Earthbound, but I think Earthbound's um, influence is undeniable. Yeah, I. F- you're really getting down to like just the. You're splitting hairs at this point. Really splitting oh, hairs. Oh, I know, but this <laughs> hairs well, will be split this about list. this list. Yeah, hairs will be split <laughs> about this list, whether we want them to or not. I think Earthbound is fine where it is, especially considering its influence on indie RPGs in general. I think we got the list right. I think we got the top five right. I think we got yeah. the bottom five right. Yeah. I think we did a good job. Good job, yeah. everybody. Everybody yeah. took a Okay, folks. This is the top 25 RPGs of all time, according to Acts of the Blood God, in the year 2022. Coming in at number 25, The Elder Scrolls Skyrim. At number 24, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Number 3, Baldur's Gate 2. Number 22, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Number 21, Final Fantasy 7. Number 20, KOTOR. Number 19, Elden Ring. Number 18, Persona 5 Royal. Number 17, Earthbound. Number 16, Divinity Original Sin 2. 
Number 15, Final Fantasy Tactics. Number 14, Diablo 2. Number 13, Planescape Torment. Number 12, Final Fantasy 4. Number 11, Dragon Quest 5. Number 10, Dragon Quest 11. Number 9, Suikoden 2. Number 8, Final Fantasy 6. Number 7, Witcher 3. Number 6, Undertale. Number 5, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Number 4, Disco Elysium. Number 3, Final Fantasy 14. Number 2, Chrono Trigger. And number 1, Fallout New Vegas. And so ends our three-hour epic quest three to build a new top 25 list that we can be proud of. But I feel great about this list. What a list. I know that there are going to be games that people feel like we should have on here. That's fine. But man, top to bottom. What a list. What a I think list. we worked hard Never on this. do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think this was an interesting and fun exercise. I, I don't want to... Like, like I had fun making this list, but I think it was just as fun every week talking about these yeah. games that we love. These getting to really argue passionately, banging the table about Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. Like I, I think that is a lot of fun in and of itself. Is just really getting to share the RPGs that we all love that we feel are deserving of recognition. And then, yeah, it comes to the point where we got to start, you know, battle royaling each other. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I, I do I'm think sad that we couldn't every... get an SMT on here. So yeah, am I. That was a tough one. It's tough. But I do think that every RPG, even Act Razor, uh, was <laughs> yes. was merited discussion in this. And so I'm glad that we got to recognize so many RPGs over the over this first half of 2022. I just love Baldur's Gate 2 and Final Fantasy 7 punching their way through the coffin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. climbing mm-hmm. out and making their way all the way onto the list. Yeah, good mm-hmm. for them. And Nadia's wildcard pick made it too. And really yeah. high. Pretty high. I was yeah. actually, I'm as surprised yeah. as any of you. That's one thing I kind of discovered while making this list that certain things I never thought were going to get on and other things where I thought for sure they could get on. Then I'm like, no, you know what? I can let that go pretty easily. It was, a, it was an interesting discussion. I got Bloodlines as King of the Lows. I got Mass Effect in the in the <laughs> That's such a vampire top thing. five. I feel I feel good. And Fallout New Vegas was one I was coming in here ready to argue for, and it turns out Cat's also a Fallout New Vegas sicko, so we were already on board. <laughs> well, I would love to know what you think should be on this list. How do you think we did? I'm sure that you have plenty of feedback. These kinds of lists always generate lots of discussion, but uh, yeah, so send me an email at cat at bloodgodpod.com. DM me on Twitter, the underscore catbot. I'm sure there'll be lively discussion happening over on the Discord. But hey, don't spoil people. Let them discover this list for themselves, as we did. In the meantime, that is it for the Top 25 RPG Remake Project. Thank you so much for joining us on this three-hour epic journey. It was a blast. I look forward to editing this thing tonight. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Uh, this is going to be available uh, early on for our patrons, and then we're going to release it to the free feed uh, because everybody deserves to see this monumental accomplishment mm-hmm. and argument we're, over we're it. very proud of it. At some point. In the meantime, we will be back next time for another special on Axe of Blood God. Thanks 
to everybody for listening to us as we work through all of this. I had a blast, honestly. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at the underscore Kappa. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford and Eric is at C-M-O-O-S-I. There's lots more amazing uh, content available for this uh, for our premium subscribers, including um, Summer of the Rings and our Acts of the Blood God guide to From Software and mm-hmm. many rankings. We ranked all the Final Fantasy games. We ranked all the Kingdom Hearts games. We ranked all the Cowboy Bebop episodes. Lots, lots to listen to. Hours of podcasting. In the mean, and of course, we have our weekly episodes every single Monday. We'll be back next week, as always, to talk more about the genre we love. Though, honestly, this might be it. This might be our final word. Finale <laughs> of Acts of the Blood God. There are <laughs> more RPGs to come, right? But until then, for Eric Nadi and myself, thanks for listening. Happy adventuring. <laughs> <laughs>